Thanks for hitting download episode 91 of the New Blood Rising podcast. We are in season three of our of our show, and as we are looking at ECW pay-per-views, we are now into May of 2000 as we are taking a look at Hardcore Heaven 2000. I'm William Rinkin, joined this time by Charlie Stabile. How are you? And Martin Dixon across the ocean. Yes, hello. From the future. Woo! <laughs> Never gets old. No, I, love, no, I, I always remember that from the so first cool. time. That was the, yeah, I remember, yeah. that was the first time too when he was on there. Voices in the air. I hear them loud and clear. Well, there's a there's a WrestleMania 28 throwback for you. God dang. <laughs> God dang. Anyway, um, uh, Jason so wasn't, Ke- wasn't WrestleMania shit. <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? Oh, I, I yeah. guess. <laughs> I was just Jason Keesler's on assignment. He's not here today, so in his void, he'll have the three of us going through Hardcore Heaven 2000. We'll be seeing him again for the what's Heat Wave Heat next? Wave. Heat Wave. Yeah, that's yep. the one there. It is so funny how far we've come when we when they show like an advertisement for a pay per view months ahead. We're like now like at WrestleMania, it's like you got like the preview for the next year's already. Like it's granted, it's just a teaser and it's just showing. Well, I you. think that's when they officially announce where it's gonna be. Right, right? But, but you know what I yeah. mean? Like, like there's they 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 show you all this cool like kind of B roll to sell it for this for Heatwave. They just go here's a title card. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Fuck. <laughs> happy Happy Mother's Day. Can I tell a story real quick? Yeah. So um, I ordered this on pay per view, and I was living in an apartment with my mom. You living dangerously in that apartment? Well, I'll, I'll get to it. Uh, this was Mother's Day. I started to feel sick around ten o'clock in the morning. And by six o'clock, and the pay per view is at eight, mind you. By six o'clock, I am in agony. I've already ordered the pay per view. I, I get rushed to the ER. I come within. Uh, I'm eighty. Doctor said there was an eighty percent chance I needed to have my appendix removed. Man. Yeah. Appendix wow. removed. But they said they needed to be at least ninety-five percent sure. So they left my appendix in, and it's still there. So I've been sitting with this for 17 years, just waiting for the next attack. And whenever I think of my appendix bursting, I think of Hardcore Heaven 2000. <laughs> but here's the good news. I want, because in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, I just, if I could just get home before 11, I could catch the replay. Because I really wanted to see Rob Van Dam and Jerry. Did Lane. you? Yes. Yeah! I made it home with ice on my appendix and, uh. Watched Hardcore Heaven 2000. So, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> so, well, never told you that. There we, that's awesome. <laughs> As you guys know, um, the head of the show got to mention it. We are uh, the New Blood Rising podcast, a part of the Questionable Endeavor Network, questandnetwork.com, as well as the Four Corners Wrestling Network as well. That's 4CROnline.com, 4C Radio on Twitter where you can find him as well. So just want to drop that before we get started. So here we are. We're now in May of 2000. So we know contextually with WCW, this was after the New Blood. 
had officially debuted and things had just gotten turned upside down there. We know in WWF, we're really hot with Triple H and The Rock battling for the WWF title. Judgment Day. Yep. Return of The Undertaker. The re- Are you scared? Return of The Undertaker. He's back. Walter Matthau. Yeah, well. <laughs> so, before we dive into the pay-per-view, of course, we need to talk about what Mr. Colin Duff has provided for us in a... Type of backstory here to get us caught up with what the hell happened between Living Dangerously, which was in March, and now where we're at in May with Hardcore Heaven. So, notable absences. Well, that didn't last long. The former world television champion, Super Crazy. As Colin says, I'm surprised how little information I can find about his deportation, though searching for information on the internet of a Mexican being deported in 2017 only brings up lots of pages about Donald Trump. I even watched... (laughs) I even watched the kayfabe commentaries timeline of ECW 2000 with Just Incredible, but this wasn't even mentioned. He also has this in in parentheses. Also, what a disappointing watch. I feel sorry for anyone who paid money for that. (laughs) Super Crazy's last appearance for uh, for a while was at the ECW arena on, looks like, February 24, 2000 at Cyberslam, where he lost a three-way dance to Little Guido, which also featured Kid Cash. I thought I really thought you were going to say Tajiri. <laughs> Wouldn't that have just been... trade him out? Yeah, just exactly. Okay, from an episode on Bite This from looks like November seventeenth, two thousand four, which had Paul Heyman on as a guest. Josh Matthews asked Paul about Super Crazy getting deported after an ECW show. Paul doesn't elaborate on the situation, but shares a few stories about the badass Super Crazy matches with Nunzio and Tajiri. So again, just not a lot about it, but. That's that's stating a, the obvious. What a bummer! Yeah, <laughs> we've we've lost we've lost our world television champion. Is it, so that's why he they had to strip him of the title because he was deported. Well, I I think he loses it if I'm not mistaken. I think he lost the TV title. Okay, and then he was deported. And then yeah, they, that, in that, real life. Oh yeah, that's a, a shoot. That's a shoot, brother. <laughs> you would think with Donald Trump looking at the names of Mexicans that he wants to deport, a guy whose name is super crazy would have to be at the top of the list. <laughs> Woo! Super loco. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a bad ombre. That's a bad ombre. <laughs> that, that would have been an, uh, just an amazing stable. <laughs> we have another major departure. Mike Awesome has officially left ECW. We're going to get into that later, but we're just that's something to know up front. Mike Awesome is no longer with the company, which is a huge void because when you think about yep. where, he, since winning that belt at Guilty as Charged, the run he has been Anarchy on. Rules. Oh, I'm sorry. Anarchy Rules. I'm, I, those are the two I always mess up. But uh, from Anarchy Rules last uh, last they sound, year. They sound like Steven Seagal movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I Art usually get Hill. Living Dangerously and Harker Heaven are two others that I will flip-flop yeah. from time to time. <laughs> Steven Seagal is Living Dangerously. Yeah, it fits. Uh, it's perfect. But yeah, the run he's had is just disappointing that this is it. Unfortunately, we won't see him again. He was um, really becoming something. Oh, yeah. His company. Yep. And... and I mean, when we get to it, that day, well, we'll talk about the WCW thing later. But um, Judge Jeff Jones, of course, this may only make sense, was fired after the April 22nd Cyber Slam at ECW Arena uh, when Chris O'Connell, not related to Chris O'Donnell, age 23, a friend. (laughs) A friend. He's He's going to puke. A friend of Mikey Whipwreck's younger brother, Buck, died from heart failure. What? What? I don't wait. I don't understand. I don't Can know. you read that again? 
Buck? Buck Whipwreck. <laughs> Buck Whipwreck. <laughs> he sounds like the greatest stock car driver in history. Buck Whipwreck. <laughs> the heart failure could have been linked to combining alcohol and drugs hours earlier. Or his name is so- Buck. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys don't last long. <laughs> A source close to the situation said an autopsy this week came back inconclusive. No police report or criminal charges have been filed regarding the situation. According to multiple sources at the hotel that night, the drug, supposedly a liquid GHB substitute that O'Connell took hours before he died, came from a bottle that then ECW manager Jeff Jones brought into the bar. Oh my god. God. That, that could... Dude, he'll lose his judgmentship. <laughs> <laughs> with, with, with... Let's... You know, I don't think he's a real judge. <laughs> yeah. Wait wow. a minute. Well, he, he certainly showed some really shitty judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Guilty o- as charged. Really Chris O'Connell, age 23, a friend of Mikey Wimpreg's younger brother, Buck. <laughs> what are you going to name him? Michael. <laughs> Michael. Oh, you had another one. What are you going to name him? Bucky Whipwreck. Bucky Whipwreck. Like Bucky Larson? <laughs> so, let's uh, get into this. So now, this month, we're in... I honestly think this is one of the more underrated wrestling cities in in the States, and that's uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We're at the Eagles Ballroom. Back in the fast lane! Uh, when I heard Eagles Ballroom, I was like, Wow, the Eagles Ballroom. That's what we call this place, huh? Timothy B. Schmidt. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so, opening the show here, Joey tries to warm up the crowd with the sports references, which is... The worst. Yeah. You just call it what it yeah. is. I And it's hilarious the Brewers get booed. I don't understand that. And part of it, like, what I was trying to refresh my memory on is the Brewers were terrible, of course. They were terrible for a while. If I'm not mistaken, too, like... Bud Selig, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, like previously like owned them. So that was always just I, I think like they there was I don't know if that had something to do with it at all. It, you could also staying. chalk it up to the fact that there might have been a lot of people at the show from out of town. Yeah. Or that could have been it, yeah. That's one thing I never understand about like in modern WWE when they're like, Oh, we are live tonight in whatever town they're in and there's a huge cheer and I'm like, Is everyone from that town? Because, you know, when they do that shit when I go to Atlanta, I don't cheer for Atlanta. I'm just like, yeah. yeah I, yeah. I wouldn't even cheer for my town. I don't understand this <laughs> this uh, town pride that people have. And I just happen to live here, you know. Right. Like, you got to live somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good bit. It's amazing where people can live these days. <laughs> these days. Yeah, Dayton, Ohio. <laughs> uh, but as the brewers get beer uh, booed, beer does not. Beer gets heavily beer. cheered in Milwaukee for good reason. Um, and Joey says if the censors don't like it, they, oh, I'm sorry. Is that, is he the one who says it? The censors don't like it. They can go to hell. I guess so. Yeah. He says it after Gertner does his thing, which, you know, I don't ever elaborate on it. Cause what is there to, I mean, like, it's just a, I'll, I'll say this. It's amazing to me that I have never once seen Gertner do this and stutter or for, drop a yeah. line. Like he always gets it every single time. And I think like there's a real artistry to that. Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, so I'll give him credit. <clears throat> um, but I kept wondering, though, 
was there supposed to be something happen? Yeah. Yep. Well, they they mention it later because it's like all of a sudden they look lost and it just abruptly ends. Later it on, gets super awkward, doesn't it? It's very strange. I mean, it sticks out like a sore thumb because I'm like, okay, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Joey brings it up. Know. Yeah, he says that. Right. Well, the reason that we, you know we we seem to look lost is because we saw. Tommy Dreamer just stumble in bleeding like, from like it was Mr. Green with the candlestick yeah, from, from section 112 you know, and he just fell feels like, Nord, feel like Nordberg going over overboard that boat and naked oh! <laughs> oh, no. which by the way if you haven't seen Dave Chappelle's I have not I, I'm going it to. is brilliant even in the way he constructs it because the whole thing he says like I met OJ Simpson four times Oh, he over, tells an OJ story? Tells four different ones throughout the show. And that's what make, is so cool. He'll do a joke, he'll do a bit, boom, 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 and it's like, back to OJ? Second time <laughs> I met OJ. It's so good. Oh, I can't wait now. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, that's cool. I haven't watched part two, but part one, phenomenal. Are they called two different specials? Or, like, do they have different names, or is it literally just something part two? No, it's weird. It's like, they, they call them episodes, so it's almost like it's a part of... Like it, a, like a series? Yeah, but it's like there are only two. Okay. But whatever. Nah, thank, thank you. Yeah. Now, now I definitely want to get to it. Get to it. It's awesome. Um, all right, so our first match. Oh, uh, before you get to the first match, yeah. uh, I suppose with, with Jason not here, I have to do the people watching. There's some guy. It, well, first of all, there's a guy in the crowd with a sign saying, Hi, Mom, you whore. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> and... And then there's another guy. It's not the same guy, but it, I, this guy became like my, you know, my spirit animal. He's this really skinny, weedy guy stood there in a sleeveless dude love shirt, a cheap lucha mask, and while everybody's going fucking nuts, he's just casually sipping his drink through a straw. <laughs> I love the people that catch on camera drinking because there's some people who are like, "Look, I've got a beer. Yeah. I, I'm old enough. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day." Maybe I'm not. <laughs> Fuckers. Good job, Martin. That was, that's nice catch. Uh, the eye in the sky, yeah. Martin Dixon with the blimp. He's got the blimp in the arena circling. You see that? Wouldn't <laughs> be awesome if Martin is just—he is literally one of the Joker's blimp or Joker's blimps balloons. One oh, of the Joker's balloons. Those are my from, balloons from, from Batman, just circling the Eagles' ballroom. <laughs> that was a cool parade. Oh, it was. Okay, first match. Right out of the gate, Balls Mahoney, Masato Tanaka. The only note for this match. This is Masato Tanaka's last appearance for an ECW or for ECW. Is it? Yep. What? That's Aww. that's what I've got. Well, okay, so the next time we will see him is one night stand. Probably. Yeah. That's it. That's what I got. That's what I got from Colin here. I um, I didn't know that. Yep. Well, this is a hell of a way to go out. Yeah. Charlie, lead it off. Tell us what you think of this this barn burner. Uh well, even before it goes. So it looks like Gertner gets away with uh, commentating for, you know, about 15 seconds. And then Conamura shows up, chokes him out. Gertner sells it horribly. Um, oh, Kenmore showed up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenmore Fridge. Uh, I, I still don't understand how this is an issue. <laughs> we could, how we could keep getting these uh, confused. Uh, I think this is a great match. Um, I love the yep. false finishes. I th- These two... 
I forgot that they were tag team partners for a brief period of time. This is a very hard-hitting match, and it's great to see Masato Tanaka being able to have a great one-on-one -on -one match with someone who actually isn't Mike Awesome. Right. And Balls Mahoney is very yep. different from Mike Awesome. Yeah. And they, I actually love how the match starts because they, uh, it starts in an amateurish kind of style, and it almost looks like a shoot. Like, yep. like, like they had agreed beforehand. Let's just do like a one, one and a half minute. Who can top who in amateur wrestling? Kind of like Kurt Angle used to do this, and it, it, it's great. Um, I love the false finishes. It gets a little WrestleMania seventeen ish with all the shit that they kick out of. Uh, tornado DDT on the ramp. Like, I, it's my favorite Tornado DDT. The one that Masato Tanaka does. I love uh, his whole offense is just fa fantastic. I love this match. Um, I give it an eight. Eight, good job. Um, yeah, yeah, right off the bat. Martin, how about you? What do you think of this this Balls Mahoney versus Tanaka opener? I echo a lot of the sentiments uh, of Charlie. Balls Mahoney is one of those guys that, on a certain given night, can be a amazing. <laughs> you know, you look at the guy and you think, "Yep, I know exactly how that guy wrestles," <laughs> and. Like six out of ten times he does, but then there's like four times like this where he just, yeah, we'll do fucking chain wrestling and do it really well. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just like some really hard balls to the wall, pardon the pun. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's what it's, he should have came out to. Yes, balls the accept song. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just great. It's just a fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing I've got against it is the uh, the chair yep. batteroo, <laughs> where it's like left, right, left. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it. Same thing. But other than that, absolutely fantastic. I was I again was hovering between a seven and an eight, and I'm gonna have to go an eight. I I really liked it. It's a great opener too. You should point that out. Um, you, you, we're used to the same openers, but last month we got Dusty and Steve Carino, which right. is an okay, but it at least a it was dud. different. It was a dud. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right. It was a yeah. dud. And uh, <laughs> look at me like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this month we get you know, Masato Tanaka and Balls Mahoney, two guys who have main event at ECW pay-per-views right. before. So that, that's cool. It's a nice change-up. Right. Well, a lot of times we get openers that are usually cruiserweights, light heavyweights. like Tag matches. Yeah, and they're, they're high-flying kind of... This was just hard hitting. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal. Um, What'd you think? Oh, I gave it a seven. I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was I gonna? I my one line for was a lighter version of Tanaka. Awesome. Yes, it a is. lighter version. Yeah. It's about but I, but that's what I want. I don't want to see Tanaka get his brains bashed in every single time I see him. You know. Right. That's true. So um, I think mm. I think in the match Joey says something that Balls is just coming off a tour of FMW. Yes. So I imagine they've probably worked before yeah I you, know, very, so. very, you know very recently before this yeah and i'd love to know what the japanese made of balls mahoney oh, wow. <laughs> well, doesn't this match end with a nutcracker suite on the chairs yes uh, yes it's one of those things man you see that and, and he's already given him the nutcracker suite and he kicked out but you see a move like that and you go that's it yeah, well, the, mem no, remember though, Balls kicks out of the ro Roaring... He, he kicks out oh, of the yeah, Roaring Elbow. Oh, right, right, right. It's a Roaring Elbow, yeah. Sorry. Tanaka wins with a Roaring Elbow. Yeah, That's he has to hit him twice though because it, um, he does a... Balls kicks out of a Roaring Elbow, but he can't kick out of a second one that follows a top rope chair shot. So yeah. like, I mean, it's... He has to beat him down. But yeah, no, I mean, I, the escalation of, of his spots yeah, where just, he gets It escalates. The, yeah. yeah. 
So, after the match here, we go to Lance Storm and Don Marie promo. Things have gone to Splitsville for the Impact players as he um, goes on about Justin Credible, the new ECW World Champion. Lance talks about how he taught him, you know, everything he knows, but Justin Credible just didn't listen. And he's also pissed that Credible threw down the tag tiles, that threw them away, basically. Just won't even defend oh, them. Or oh, and uh, by the way, Justin Credible is the world champion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, oh, what did I miss? I thought know? I misspoke. But oh, no, 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 right. no. It's just right. like, out of nowhere, that's when I first heard it, and I was like, already? Yeah. One of the fascinating things, and like Colin kind of pointed out, there, there aren't a lot of buildups to these matches. Like they, they, There's very little connection between the wrestlers on these on these pay-per-views with anything that was going on, on TV. We go out next, we have Simon Diamond making his way out, who tells Milwaukee again that he has a problem like he does in most shows. He says he's not a comedy act. And who the fuck is, I, I wrote this, who the fuck is the Musketeer with him? Nope, <laughs> yes. that's his name, the Musketeer. <laughs> there we go. A revamped Mikey Whipwreck makes his way out with Sinister Minister. It's a very cool look for Mikey. With the red hair and he's got that heavier rock theme. The uh, missing... Missing offspring uh, member or Power Man Five Thousand. Yeah, mm-hmm. I never. I when I heard, it, I was like, "Man, that sounds cool. It's good. It's a nice. It's what he needed." Oh yeah, and of course, it's it's so oddly contrast. It's contrasted with the entrance of Little Guido. Now, again, I think this is where just the network. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about it briefly. Right. Sean Long has been awesome at getting us yes. these additions to watch because they're the pure unedited. ECW pay-per-views. Well, some of them I know are the pioneers, so right. sometimes they're trimmed a little bit, but for the most part, they are intact with... Like 85%, these are the original yeah. shows. Which mm-hmm. is spoiled us. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're about to find out how much In this, us. like, Hardcore Heaven we were watching, it was divided into two parts. The first part, at around minute 40, for whatever reason, like, it, the source video itself just kind of went to hell I'm in done. a handbasket. I tried to scrub ahead and, like, it would play, but it was extremely pixelated. I couldn't tell My what was going on. My video wouldn't do it. I tried on everything I could, and it just didn't go. So we had to alternate and go back to the network briefly. and Give you an idea of what ECW on the WWE network is like. Oh, my God. What is that? Well, I, oh, go ahead, I, watched, I watched the whole show, right. uh, the network version. That's oh, right. Um, no. And some of the music replacement isn't bad. They, the dubbing of Balls' theme, they got, you know, like, it's two chords away from I've got big balls. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't well, know that. Uh, whatever the hell this is that Guido comes out to, because that's when I first like, it was jarring. Because yeah, it's, it's like some it's it's an amazing disco song, yes. but it's it doesn't work at all. Yeah, as goofy as his actual theme is, which is a hip hop version of "Staying Alive," it, yeah, for some reason it works. Yeah, but this thing we were talking about this in the kitchen uh, when I first got here. It's weird how they have to edit the music in and the levels in which. Yeah. You know, because yeah, I've always been confused how they do that. Like, how do they separate the original music but keep the original commentary and stuff like that? And it's, I mean, it's almost in your face that yeah. this is different music. Because I just simply think it's like it's two tracks. It's the yeah. it's the pay per view track, and then the commentary is a separate track. And which is amazing that ECW would even have the technology yeah, to I, record it in that way in the first place. And so then you've got whatever whatever just random you know mixtape they're going to throw on there for new music that is so loud to overpower whatever the the diegetic sound was that was on the the actual show itself it's got to be and it kills a lot of the crowd like the crowd sounds like they're right. kind of died down and then the commentary comes in it sounds perfectly normal so it does sound so weird but yeah the re 
I was able, like, um, on the Sean Long edits, as we always call them, you could hear the original music. Like I said, it's it cuts out around minute 40. Like, about three minutes into this match is where the... Yeah. Um, where that, I guess the rips, the, you know, died off. The source video just went to hell. So that's where I was able to hear the music, the actual music first, but the and, ending music was... Oh. oh, my God, it's the ending music that kills it. Yeah, because I contemplated, because, you know, went back to the network version... First of all, the video quality is, of course, it's going to be significantly better because it's based on the original master. But and I, and I contemplated for a bit. Maybe I'll just watch the network version the whole way through. But that music was so bad at the yeah, end of the match. I, w- I went back to Sean Long edit as soon as I could. You know, I found out where part two started, which was perfect right at the beginning of a match. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's where I'll stop the network. So we've got here, it's a, it's a three-way dance. Simon Diamond, Mikey Whipwreck, and Little Guido. Martin, take, a, take it away, sir. Yep, well, this is an ECW triple threat. Um, <laughs> but it's, it starts nice and early. I mean, every guy, I think everybody hits a finisher, like, almost immediately. Yeah. You get the real sense of, des- of desperation, which I kind of like in this, because it's a very desperate match type, especially when there's... I mean, there's not a lot at stake, but there's so many factors. I get, I get that they try to finish stuff early. Um, it's the lack of a super crazy or a Tajiri doesn't hurt this. Um, yeah, I mean, Simon Diamond is actually kind of good. He knows what he's doing in there. Yeah, I like uh, I mean, Simon Diamond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's he's nothing special. He's not like you know, he's not a super crazy orator, but he's he knows what he's doing in there, so that's fine. Um, the is it about a third of the way through or halfway through? The lights go out. Oh, it's almost at the oh, very beginning. Man. Yeah, yeah, this is some so WCW ma- shit right here. Most of the match takes place under mood lighting, which does <sighs> kind of kill the atmosphere. Oh yes, um, yes. But yeah, there's no like signature like you know crazy ass dives or anything. But it is just a good, solid match that kind of logically makes sense. Um, Simon Diamond is unfortunately the first one out and just kind of disappears. Um, Guido misses an elbow drop off of Sal's shoulders, which is always a fun spot, particularly when you've got such a big guy and such a little guy teaming together. Um, Mikey gets the award for like the worst... You know, the stupidest guy in the ring when he throws a fireball at Sal, but manages to hit himself. Yeah, threw it at himself. Yeah. It's up there with Hogan Warrior, Halloween Havoc. Yeah, and that then, Guido hits whatever they're calling the unprettier now. Meritado? Um, Meritado. Yes, there we go. And what is he a Meritado? <sighs> no idea. I've always um, wondered that. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, it's it's not the best match, but... It's not the best triple threat match I've seen, or you know, three-way dance, but it's fine. It's a six. It's better than average. Okay, gotcha. Okay. There's also that super pedigree, as I called it, that Mikey gives to Guido, which is just insane. The crowd goes oh, nuts for up. it. And yeah. he sits it oh, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's oh, kind of like a pedigree, a peta driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that does look pretty cool. Um, would you give it, Martin? By the way, what six. was your rating? Uh, six. six. Charlie, what'd you think of? I give it a six. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun, and yeah, the lack of uh, super crazy and and uh, Tajiri was very helpful. I, I, honestly, I mean, it's a fine match. My only my only complaint, I want to see, I see, I I seem to remember Simon Diamond being entertaining, like not just on the mic, but I actually remember liking his ring work. And I was hoping to see 
more of it here. And, you know, he was the first one out. And I was like, damn it, he, is it next he, month? He is the third man in this match, isn't he? Yeah. No, he, he, he is. And it's unfortunate because I think that guy was talented. And um, I seem to remember him being able to show it off at some point. Unfortunately, it's not yet. But other than that, why? I always equate it to wrestling of today, but apparently they were doing it back then, too. Everyone does the super kick. Yeah. Everyone. And it's never good enough for a three count. Only when Sean did it. Right. Yeah, and that's... Because they weren't tuning the band up. They were just oh, like oh, right. they're just doing shows. Like right. he actually has like rehearsals. They're tuning up. They're doing a sound check, and then he kicks. <laughs> He's tuning up the band. Yeah, that's yeah. When you hear that stomping, you just don't turn around. It, you know? I'm just leaving. Uh, I just walk the other way right out of the ring. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I give it a six. Six. I had it about a. F- I had it at a five. Okay. Um, yep. Seeing. Sal doing some those squashes on people in the gate, like the way in the security gate. Jesus. Uh, I don't know how you protect yourself with that mammoth. It's, I, I understand it's kind of like the sideshow thing. Like, look, you have the, we have the biggest, fattest guy you could ever Dude. imagine. But, like, at the same time, like, you should be dominating. Right. Yeah. Be but but he's more of a comedy character. Yeah. It is kind of a throwback to, like, the old Haystacks Calhoun. Yeah. That kind of a wrestler. Yeah. But, you know, ECW always gets on WWE or WCW for ripping off their material. And yet they're calling Sal the big Sal Boski. Yeah. And with no irony in it whatsoever that they're ripping something off. Right. I, I just left a bad taste in my mouth. I was, No. I, I was happy to see Guido get the win. I yes, always like when I see yes. him get a win because I always feel like he's got to fight so hard it. to get somewhere on this car. Because in a lot of ways, like he's he is he doesn't fit. Like no. you see him come out. Like does he do anything really extreme? No, he just he, he wrestles. He's like just a, a solid wrestler. Yeah. Yep. So, but he's small, and, and that's and, where the, that's where that's the hang up. I th- I think in a, in another timeline he could have been a good addition to WCW's Cruiserweight. Yes. Yeah. Um. In like sort of ninety six, ninety seven. Yeah, I think he could have been a good hand in that. Against like Dean Malenko, those well, kind of matches would have been Je- good. Jericho. Yeah, because they didn't really have any Italian representation with the cruiserweight division, did they? It was basically, it yep. felt like it was Japan and Mexico. I mean, Malenko and a couple yeah. things in between. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, an Italian representative like that would have been that would have been cool. Yeah. But instead, we get what what the Latino World Order. Right. Like later on for for. <laughs> For Eddie Guerrero and those guys, and yeah, ECW seemed to be the only one who had a market for the Italian wrestlers. Yeah, you could uh, Guido could be the OG uh, and the one forget- Guido Nation. Yeah. <laughs> lest lest we forget Tom Brandy over in the WWF. Tom Brandy with his pink uh, tights. Yeah. You imagine yeah. if little Guido was in place of the Warrior against Hogan and all that. <laughs> He's coming up through the ground. He's coming up through the ring with the face paint on. And I, sorry, I just had a thought. Martin, was Tom Brandy Salvatore Sincere? Yes. There it is. Okay. Which uh, you can find on the Raw Attitude podcast. At the beginning of Henry's run, he goes a lot into Salvatore Sincere. I don't even remember a single match the guy had. I just remember he had that name. Kind of like Ludwig Borga. Like, you just don't forget a name like that. Yep. Yeah, Ludwig Borga. Uh, It's funny that Salvatore Sincere wasn't enough to get him over, so let's just call him Tom Brandy. (laughs) <laughs> well, they did this weird thing where, uh, sorry to drag us off on the tangent, but it is quite funny. The he, like Mark Mero in a quote unquote shoot promo straight from the files of Vince Russo outed Salvatore Sincere as Tom Brandy. He <laughs> says your name isn't even Sal- Salvatore Sincere; it's Tom Brandy. For God's sake, got him. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Your name's not Flash Funk. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. I don't think oh. your name is Mantar. <laughs> Who are you, huh? I know you got a last name. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm going to figure this it out. And on yet another weird side note, um, I've uh, managed to find Ludwig Borger's one ever video game appearance. What game was that? <laughs> it's in a Japanese New Japan game for the Super Nintendo. He's he's. Where's this the, column? Wait a Martin. minute. Wait Where's a minute. this column? I, I, mean, I want to hear on. this. No, I do it, want. I, I really do want to hear this. What uh, what Japanese wrestling game came out for North American Super Nintendo? Oh, no, it's, it's the Japanese version. I've got the... Uh, oh, so it's the Famicom. Okay. Yeah. I was about I've to got say, a, I, an emu- I'd have I've got an emu- Yeah, I've got an emulated version of it. I, I managed to find, like, loads of obscure things, and it's... Uh, I forget what it's called. I think it's New Japan Fight Festival 95 or something, and he's, he's one of the gaijin. You've got, like, Vader, the Steiners, Road Warrior Hawk, and fucking Ludwig Borger. Wow. I'm gonna have to figure this out. Yeah, he's not alive anymore, right? No, he died. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, because in in North America, the only game we had, I think, was Natsumi Championship Wrestling. Yeah, which is a reskinned old Japan game. I've got oh, uh, the original okay. version of that. All right. So it's like guys like you know Doctor Death, Steve Williams, Terry Gordy, the Patriot. I gotta check this this New Japan game out. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, because what they do is uh, you can get them on eBay. They sell repros that's what they call them reproduction cards yep. and uh that's how i got the japanese back to the future 2 game oh, and cool. jesus it's so good we never got that it game. Is. it is amazing you're on the hoverboard the whole game and, that's all i want yeah and uh and, the, and it's got the theme it's got the it's got the actual theme which none of the back to the future games had and they somehow were able to eliminate the japanese uh subtitles and put in american oh wow yeah they changed the dialogue wow. in the repro cart oh it's that's, yeah, awesome. that, that's a that's an untapped market that most collectors don't really seem to you know, get much. Well, into. now they will because they now, listen well, to this podcast. Of course they will. You know, but no, will. I'm going to check out that that New Japan game. That sounds. I'll, great. I'll have to find its actual name because unfortunately, it the the emulated version that I have hasn't been translated. Damn it! Oh well. So backstage, <laughs> just incredible. Now is cutting a promo a promo while Francine, she's uh she's. She's a. Uh, I mean, she's jerking off the cane again. Yeah, this is the yep. like. I, I feel like I can. I barely am listening to what Justin Credible is saying because man, she is getting into that. Like, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Brad Maddox somewhere's in the background with the camera. Man, so I, I just have to ask: Is Francine with Justin Credible simply so that she can have a cat fight with Don Marie? I think so. Yes. That seems to be the only reason. To Does, justify it. Doesn't she look like... She's looking more and more, like, frail. Like, skinny. Like, it looks yes. like she is, yep. like, weighs 50 pounds. Yeah. Especially when she comes to the ring. Because I, I looked at her, and I was like, man, what is, what is different? There's something different about it. And I was like, Kane's not in her hand. Well. <laughs> I notice it every time. <laughs> but when I looked at her, I was like... No, you're right. Yeah, she... Man... I don't know much about her beyond DCW. Was she ever? Did she ever go to WWF? No. No, no. Vince uh, said she wasn't hot enough. Oh, wow. Well. He had Nicole Bass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Don Marie, though, mm, she got some meat on her bones. <laughs> um, and famously, Francine told TNA to go fuck themselves when they were doing their ECW show. Good nice. for her. Good. That is nice. Yeah, because that show's not very good. No. We people will not keep, be covering people that keep show. Asking, people keep saying, that, are we? And I'm like, uh, Hardcore Justice? You got Rob Van Dam and Sabu. 
That's a pretty good match. And but that's about that's it. About, that's all I remember. I told you it was supposed to be Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Yeah. Jerry Lynn oh, got um, injured. Yeah. On the subject of questionable parenting decisions as well, uh, Tommy Dreamer and Raven, like, do it like a garbage double juice brawl and dreamers kids are like in the front row like freaking out of the fact that raven is slicing up their dad with barbed wire i might have to pull this show out i do have it somewhere yeah and just to take a look at it it's as i recall it's a train wreck <laughs> that's what i've heard too like that's why i was like no the one night stands will oh it's brilliant be, be much a one better. night stand 2007 is probably better than hardcore justice oh yeah I almost like there was part of me that would kept wondering, like, because we know where we have to end, like chronologically, December to December. But I was like, do you really want to end on that? Like, yes. Okay. It's there it the is. Death. Yeah, it's a. It is the death. Yeah, it it, yeah. it hurts. And the it, question is whether or not it deserves it. Right. Well, we'll it's, get there. It, that that is Vince McMahon screaming from hell's heart. I stab at the <laughs> ECW. <laughs> <laughs> Vince! <laughs> is that Paul Heyman? Just yeah. Hulking up like Shatner? <laughs> Vince! So, after the promo with Justin Credible, we now go to Louis Dangerous, Dangerously and the New Dangerous Alliance making their way out. He throws a bit of a temper tantrum. This is so funny. Yeah. And then builds up Electra as being like this all natural woman. Mm. <laughs> and bear in mind, she's wearing like. A, Nothing. A jacket. Oh, like right, she's right. wearing like well she there's a, it'll be revealed what's on the t shirt, but she's wearing a t shirt and then a jacket, so it looks just really odd, like that she's compl- like so covered up, like overly covered up. But um he issues a challenge on behalf of her, of Electra, which brings out It's Jam <laughs> There it is. <laughs> <laughs> she destroys everyone. Yeah. Thank God. Electra is revealed via its jazz to be wearing a Mike Awesome shirt, which gets mad. This is that's a good move. Gets huge yep. heat from the crowd. But then once that shirt comes off, there is not a lot not left a lot underneath. Left. Wow. No. No. Thank there God. <laughs> My God, what is she not wearing? Yeah. But then C.W. Anderson from like I swear to God from Florida all the way up to Milwaukee super kicks jazz. <laughs> Out of just her shoes, it looks like. Yep. And then follows it up with the wicked ass spinebuster that it's, you were talking about last time. Yeah, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't sugarcoat it. It is the spinebuster. Yeah. Talk about Louis dangerously for a sec. Yeah. So he, he, we haven't talked about it on the show. He has this thing that he does in the ring where he keeps trying to say his name, and the crowd is usually just yelling and trying to get him to not do it. This crowd couldn't give two shits. About what he has to he say. He keeps acting like he they keeps are. acting like they're <laughs> yelling over him, but it's dead silent, and he keeps stopping himself for no reason. So it shows you how very little that that character was over. Yeah, with that, oh, yeah. with the crowd. It's it seems really really incongruous because it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Right. Yeah, it's clearly a jab at Heyman. Right. But. Nothing comes of it. Nothing comes of it. Are we building? 
first of all, I mean, they never answer this question. Are we supposed to take this new stable seriously? Or is it a comedy act? Well, I'll tell you this. After this match, I don't. No. No. Because when I think of somebody who's going to come out and destroy an entire stable, especially when C.W. Anderson, who, as you said, clearly delivers like one of the best spinebusters ever, looks wickedly snug and stiff in the way he works... He's going to face off tonight against somebody making their run their run in to make the save on Jazz, and that is Kid Cash. So, Charlie, let's talk about this match that apparently happens. Kid Cash and C.W. Anderson. Don't sell Kid Cash short. He was one injury away from, <laughs> from being the ECW <laughs> World Heavyweight Champion. Um, this is okay. Uh, I, I really, I really like Kid Cash. Um. That dive into the crowd that he does. Oh man! I I, mean, I was legit concerned <laughs> that something had gone wrong, but he popped right up and went right back into the ring. Um, my favorite part of the match is Kid Cash is striking C.W. Anderson in the face, and you can audibly hear Louis dangerously in the crowd shouting at the ref. He's using a closed fist. Like, <laughs> hey, he's right. Ring the bell. <laughs> like he's. This match is not going to end in a DQ. Um, how, how does it end? It ends with a vicious Hurricane Rana that he does from the top rope. It looks yes. snug. Yeah. I think like, this was his move. Yeah. I think it was Except, his move. Except, yeah. like, when we see anybody else do this, it looks rather just pedestrian. He throws you with and his leg. He snapped him. I mean, it yeah. almost looked like he could have hurt him. Like oh, yeah. That st- and, of course, it looks kind of weird that Kid Cash is doing this to a guy like C.W. Anderson. But yeah. Whatever. Who, who should be squashing him. But that's the finish. But, yeah, that's the finish. This is a decent match. It's nothing great, but it's a nice little quick showcase. Wish it could have been longer, but, you know, allotted time. I'd give this a five. I gave it a five as well. Martin, what did you have for it? I I gave it five. Um, It's a perfectly average little segment of a match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's just weird that Kid Cash, like, basically destroyed that entire stable. Like, Billy Wilds, too. He's money again. I guess so. Yes. (laughs) Nice. So I, I, you raised his stock a little. So when you ask, like, what is this group supposed to be like? Well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah, they, they got beat up by a Kid Rock knockoff. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know where what your trajectory is now, but it's weird because you look at those two and you and you want to take them seriously, but yeah, they're paired up with you know Louis Dangerously, which is it can only ever be a comedy <clears throat> gimmick. It's um. Because what I mean, just in general, when has the new anything ever worked in wrestling? Oh, the blackjacks, you know. <laughs> that's the, the, that, the new foundation. That's the, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's bad. NWO two thousand. Uh, I'll be honest though, if I constantly had ball with the ball playing in my head, I could probably get the dishes done in like ten minutes. Yeah, like, no problem. Like, I'm, like that song gets you going. I listen to. I'm still standing by Elton John, and I get them done in five. Is that right? Yeah. So our next match is... That's uh, a shoot, that's a shoot that's swagger. A <laughs> <laughs> you got your pink slip, I see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, you, you were, were you back watching the original versions? Yes. No, not, uh, not yet. Oh, wait. No, no, no. Uh, no you're, so, right, yeah, you're right. I was, still, I was still watching the network version, and they have, again, mm. your know, off-brand supermarket own Barbie Darba plane. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 With hilarious. The kid, the kid, yeah. I don't remember the kid cast. It, I mean, kid soft rock is that what it is? Oh. Yeah, kind kinda. <laughs> it's terrible. So we shift now backstage. Bill Alfonso is wondering if Rob Van Dam is taping up his ankle good enough. 
Rob Van Dam is confident that Scotty, formerly Scotty Riggs, I just want to call him Riggs, I really do, but Scotty Anton. That, that's entirely what he is in my notes. <laughs> I never got used to calling him Scotty Anton. Even in the even in WCW NWO Revenge, I changed his name to Scotty Anton. Oh yeah, and I still went back and I was like, no, nah, it's Riggs. It's you know, yeah. I don't want to call him that. Uh, but he's confident that with Scotty in his corner, that he's gonna fuck some people up. RVD is making his comeback after only three months. That's what I want to make note of. And I, I'm glad you did. Can we talk about that for a second? I meant to bring it up in the last episode. Let's just talk about that. Three months with a broken leg. Should they have taken the belt off of Rob Van Dam? For... What do you think about that? I don't think they expected he'd be out for three months. I, in my memory, he was out for eight months. Yeah, and I know. Yeah. Mine too. Like, I thought this was like, oh, crap, we're going to be... We're done for the year. Yeah. But no, three months with a broken leg... Should they have taken the belt off of him and and lost what they had, what they built, what they built with him for twenty two months? At the same time, though, here's the thing. Like, and I, this is why killing a town is so brilliant because they talk about this, and there are two guys, of course, that were in it, in the thick of it, and they talked about how the interesting thing is about Rob was that they never put the, they didn't put the world title on him because they're like, well, if he we have nothing else left, we can do that later. If we have nothing else left. So let's do everything we can with him in this role that we possibly can do. So I like that. I mean, at the same time, like they were still able to use Rob Van Dam as as not the ECW World Television Champion, but still get Rob Van Dam pops for the crowd, right? From the crowd. At the same time, too, I they could use that title to elevate Rhino. Yeah, Rhino should have beat him for it. Right, like I mean, that's the yeah. one. It's the one good thing though with him not having the belt is that it kind of is, is elevated Rhino because we know where he's headed. Well, also it elevates Rob Van Dam because when we look back all these years later on that World Television Title reign, yeah, he held it for 22 months, and guess what? He never lost it. Never lost it. Never and, lost the title. And there's there they 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 plug that as well as the fact that he hasn't lo- what was it they say he hasn't lost on there's on another he hasn't lost on pay per view. And I thought, I, see, I was thinking about that too, about why it's okay with you and me. I don't know about you, Martin, but why it's okay with you and me for him to hardly ever lose, but it bugs the shit out of us when it's John Cena. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's an odd one, isn't it? No, I, it is. I think it's. I I think it's may have something to do with the fact that ECW doesn't have twelve pay per views a year. Maybe. Maybe yeah, I, and I think it's just like the work. They, they the work use, rate yes. is not that John Cena doesn't have a good work rate. No, I mean, I mean, he's. No I want to give him right. I want to give him credit where where I can. Yeah, Cena is a he's a fabulous wrestler. Yeah, no, he can be right. He can yeah. be yes. It's I guess in a lot of ways it's it's not even that it's not even just the work. The character is so awesome. Like everybody yeah. is bought into this guy. You know what I mean? Like oh no 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 you're right. You're and right. I think a lot of it. Which John Cena was like a, and most fan like, and we're talking about the core years of Cena sucks. I'm talking about the core years. We're out of sight of it now. Like now, it's kind of a joke. Talking like, like 2009. Yeah, everyone hated him because like, man, he does, he only does like four or five moves and he wins matches. Rob Van Dam does like a billion different cool moves and he sacrifices his body along the way doing it. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, like he's just the cool like he's so nonchalant with yeah. I'm the best. Well, what are you yep. gonna do? You know what I found fascinating is uh, with Rob Van Dam, and, and we're not even at his match yet. But <sighs> I think this is so interesting with him. I think he lost something when he went to WWE, and I think that was Bill Alfonso. 
Like, the, yeah, there is a real chemistry there with the way Alfonso would always hand him a chair at the at the absolute right moment. And then I got to thinking, isn't it interesting that Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam is the one who's cheered and the one who's loved, and yet he's the one who's cheating. He's the one who has the yeah. bad manager that is helping him win matches, and yet we don't care. Like if this was Bobby Heenan with Mr. Perfect, I mean, we'd be booing him out of the building. You know, like, oh, he's a cheat. You know, Rob Van Dam, we actually, yeah, I remember even at the time, almost encouraging it. Like, come on, Fonzie, give him the chair. Give him the chair. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that, that 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 was actually encouraged and what made him so beloved. Because even Cyrus pointed it out. He said, that's the point, Joey. Rob Van Dam doesn't need Bill Alfonso. And no, he didn't. But it added a cool little element to his character and maybe yep. something in Rob Van Dam's psych that maybe I do need him and maybe I, I'm not as good as I think I am. Like it added just, just that little bit of it, intrigue. It, it could have been a hell of a story for the first time Rob goes out in a match without Alfonso for whatever reason. Yeah. If WWE had bothered to carry that into the storyline with him and Jeff Hardy, yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey, Martin, real quick, just so you get to expound on this fully, why do you think... Rob Van Dam wins all the time. John Cena wins all the time. We love one. We hate it when the other one does it. Why? Um, yeah, I think that that there is this thing, like I said, with with Cena, it's not only that he won so much on pay-per-view. He won every week on TV. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it was that that we're kind of seeing it with Roman Reigns. The idea is that fans don't like being told who they like. With RVD, it's a very organic kind of thing. It's like no, the fans feel that he is their guy, and the reason that he's you know he's in the position he is is down to them. Whereas with WWE fans and John Cena, particularly late two thousand two thousands WWE fans, and a lot of it now, they 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 want their favorite to win no matter who it is, and if they lose one match, then oh my god, they're buried, and whatever, and it's, I think it is different times, we really are in a different age, I think if RVD, if you were doing RVD again now, I think we would see a very similar reaction to what Cena was getting, but I also think it's the fact is that RVD on pay-per-view at this time was an event, because there were all, there's only five, six, seven ECW pay-per-views a year. You know, it's funny going back to 98, I think. Let's go back to 98 when the comp, when RVD's coming out. And it start, you can feel things are starting to shift. Like, he's getting pops, but, like, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And yet the commentary is, like... Yeah, they, try, they were resistant. They were all, exactly. And that's what I thought was so interesting. I was like, no, 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 no. We need to keep him in this role. We need to keep... No, 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 no. He's the heel. It was organic. But as Martin said... And it's, and it's what true. WWE fights yeah. against now. Because that's I always think back to Austin. He goes or, or Brett. Brett used to say he goes, you know, the fans pick who they want and this and that. It's not like that anymore. For no. whatever reason. The fans do not pick. Now the last time they picked, I'll give them this. The last time that they picked was Daniel Bryan. That was the last yeah. time like, we truly saw the fans pick who they I wanted. think they, to a degree, they picked for Eva Marie, too. It's really a shame. Isn't that she fired? She's pretty much on the I, that's what I was reading. I, think, I don't pretty think much they gone. renewed her contract. Nah. She's but no, she's already the hair's gone back to black. It's, I mean, it's pretty much done. Anyway, go ahead. I'm just kidding. No, but it's like that's the whole thing with Roman Reigns. Loved Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has never gotten over the Royal Rumble incident when we were yeah. waiting for Daniel Bryan to come out, and that's really through no fault of his own. 
but the, the, the thing that sucks is WWE did it again this year when they had Roman Reigns come out at number 30, even though he had just competed, I believe, in the world title match earlier that night. And it was like, yep. now they're just trolling us. And th- it's, Go ahead, Martin. I, I, the, I was just going to add, at some point, you expect Vince to just walk out on stage, like at the beginning of like a pay-per-view, or hell, even WrestleMania, and just go, you don't like who you like. You like who we tell you to like. He has, <laughs> he has said something similar before. Yeah, in a promo and, in the ring, and I I don't hate Roman Reigns because the guy's trying. It, it, you know, he's he's <laughs> doing his best. But the problem is that for whatever reason, the the machine seems to think that he's the guy. And whilst I like him and he's good, I don't think he's that the guy that an entire promotion's shoulders can rest on. Right. No, and it's not just Roman Reigns. You know, remember looking back on the Shield when they were together yep. originally and how much we loved them and just mm-hmm. how different it was. And we're like, oh, I can't wait to see what happens when all three of these guys go their separate ways. I'll tell you right now, the last guy I thought would be a main eventer was Seth Rollins. I, I, yeah. I did not see him as a main eventer. I was completely wrong. I truly think he's the only one who is worthy of the main event, at least currently. Or at least the only one that you could uh, rest a company's shoulders on. Yeah. Um, is on Seth Rollins, right? Because Roman Reigns by himself is boring. Dean yeah. Ambrose is just crazy and stupid. Like that's his. Dude, that's that his whole that thing. Baron. Am- oh my god. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Martin. Dean Ambrose is a fabulous heel. Yes, but they don't let but him be a heel. Exactly. If he was like some like a new version of mankind or something, the idea is that you can you cannot stop this man. You can hurt him, but he's like a mad dog. He doesn't know when he's. Beat right. or when he's hurting. He's like a hybrid between mankind and Jake Roberts. Yeah, and, yeah, and then and like Jake Roberts from like WrestleMania Eight, where the the, the yep. dastardly heel one. And if they would just channel that, it'd be fine. And I don't want to be one of those wrestling fans that says, "Well, it, I'll, he'd only be good as a heel. He'd only be good as a heel." Now I don't always think that, but I definitely think it with Dean Ambrose. And it wouldn't hurt Roman Reigns for them to try it, but I don't. I think You're, they're too scared right now. No, they're scared. So this way, this is the thing that kills me. At some point, as a performer, you have to take a risk. Yes. Do something. Do something that's not on the paper. You have to do something that is not scripted. And that way, and if it fails, maybe you have to beg for forgiveness. Maybe something else happens. I don't know. But you've got to think at some point that I've got enough clout. I've got enough built up to where if this doesn't work, I'll be all right. But I've got to at least try this. And I don't like. And I don't care how corporate it is. Like in any walk of life, you could work for any corporation, whatever it is. At some point, you have to. If you know that I'm being, I'm bumping up against something. I'm not going anywhere. This isn't working. I have to try this because I believe in myself and I believe this is what is the best route for me. Then f it. I don't care what happens to me. I'm. I have to try. I don't. I don't care what anyone says because I've gotten into this argument several times. I think. I thought, and we're getting way off topic here, but I thought Bret Hart was absolutely brilliant at the end of 1996 into 1997. Yep. He did, He never, I saw it on a list and I was like, oh, it's so true. Because I remember watching it in 97. I did not want to boo Bret Hart. I just didn't yep. want to do it. And and to be honest, he never, he didn't really truly change his character. He didn't. He just saw, yep. he saw the writing on the wall. He saw that he had to make a change, but he made us change. He, he reflected it onto us. And that was the first time that had ever happened. That angle is one of the best angles of all time. 
And it doesn't get the credit, the, the Canada versus America thing. It was absolutely brilliant, especially to look back on. I, you know, I, I, I know, sorry to interrupt, no, but I know I, sh- I shouldn't be plugging other podcasts, but the New Generation Project, they, they're currently, they're up to Survivor Series 1997 right now. And to, to, to their credit, they, they have you know, noticed the, the whole Brett thing because they've been doing pay-per-view by yeah. pay-per-view throughout the, he uh, makes the new compelling generation. arguments, not just about America, yeah. but in about the, you know the way WWF was at the time, you know, and how Brett truly, in his heart, you know, in a shoot, wasn't for what was happening with the company. So yeah. instead of changing himself, he just reflected it onto the audience <laughs> and let it and let you know we turned heel. Yeah, First Brett, time Brett that never happened. Yeah, Brett never changed. We did. No, and. I really have always dug him for that, and it's just too bad that he couldn't, that he wasn't around after Survivor Series '97, because I really think Brett was was at his peak oh, right man. around that time. Who knows what would happen '98? Who knows? I mean, Bret Hart and Hell in a Cell match. I mean, yeah, Bret Hart and Hell in a Cell against uh, you know uh, Southern Justice. All right, so <laughs> back. All right, so back on track here in fun. the ring. Well, it's gonna be the hot. Baldies. The, yeah, uh, the contrast here. Wow, here we go. The Baldies are taking on now. Nova, Chris Chetty, as well as the tag team of Danny Doring and Roadkill. Martin, your favorite. We got a lot of mass. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of mass in the ring here. Um, Charlie, you're up, bud. Take us. Oh, take it no. away on this one. Well, on the network version, I'm. This is when I first started noticing it. Um, Joey Styles just sounds different, and it's still a two-man booth, but I'm only hearing Joey. So I began to wonder if and. Joey's voice is deeper. As you get older, you like you get raspier. I really think that they had Joey re-record commentary for this. Hmm. I really do. He yep. just doesn't quite sound the same as he did when we were watching the Sean Sean Long edit. Um, Chris Chetty is wearing new ring attire, and I don't know if it slimmed him down or what, but he looks like he's already lost a lot of the weight that he was carrying mm-hmm. in the previous pay per view. Um, Nova, who is always credited as the innovator of offense with coming up with all these cool moves, absolutely is ripping off Jeff Hardy with that yeah. with that Swanton bomb. And um, also, I, I the, again, this is the network version. I don't know if if I'd have picked this up on the Sean Long edit. He screams every time he dives off the top. Woo! Yahoo! Yeah, hey, he does that. Um, it's kind of like when <laughs> like when you hit the joystick in Revenge and Sting. Would, <laughs> or, or, or do it as Goldberg. Yeah, no, do it as Goldberg. Ah! <laughs> you know, and you mock or, uh, the, and you mock yeah. the toss. Any, any, so. t- any time, Lex Luger sells. If you, uh, I've had this pointed out. Ah! You watch- yeah, no, I've always noticed time. that. Ah! Everything hurts <laughs> times ten to Luger armbar. Oh God, what is this? Color rubble tie up. Oh! oh Jesus, why are we doing it? My tabula. Um. <laughs> So Vic Grimes, this is this is that stupid bump he takes off the Clash of the Champions ramp, where he uh, he does a front <laughs> flip. I'm, it's just ridiculous Idiot. that he's doing this. Roadkill does an amazing table spot with with Grimes. It, it, that thing is obliterated. He's I th- dead. I think it's. I think Styles points it out. He goes, "That is probably about nine hundred pounds worth uh, <laughs> going through that table." Um, got to see the tidal wave. Looked cool. I, I don't even remember the order in which these teams were eliminated. So uh, the uh, the 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 Baldies eliminate Novinchetti. No, Novinchetti. No, 
Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they okay. They, they eliminate Doring. Doring and Roadkill were yeah. gone first. All yeah. right. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not completely enamored with the match. It's it is what it is. It's all right. Yeah. I'm I'm not wild about the three man or the three team tag way dance, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I give it a four. Yeah. I had it at a four as well. Um, I don't like Debaldi's ruin this match. They ruin everything. I want to see Nova and Chetty versus <laughs> Doring and Roadkill. That's oh, that fine. That would be a, a fine match. The, the only other note I'll say real quick, I love that they call the sidewalk slam the dirt road slam. I thought of you. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cool. Because I was like, and Roadkill follows the cliche of any man that's yep. over 300 pounds has to do a sidewalk slam. <laughs> but the dirt road slam, that's, that was yeah. a pretty clever call. Uh Martin, what do you have to put for the? What's he your, has his own name for a sidewalk slam. It's so good. Is that a yep. signature? <laughs> <laughs> That's good for at least a two and a half. Yeah, maybe even two point nine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's again. I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's a multi-man tag match. Mm-hmm. I hate these. <laughs> it's got the baldies in it, who I hate. Which is funny if they're called the Baldies, but on the on little card, screen cap, the and that's yeah. why I wrote the Baldies <laughs> because I was like, well, if the if the title card says the Baldies, who am I to argue? <laughs> it's yeah, this. I like Nova and Chris Chetty. I like Danny Doring and Roadkill. No. Can I just have a match with them, please? Exactly. Yeah. So what would you rate, uh, Martin? Four. All right. Oh man, we're all the same. Two last two matches. But things are not over. Oh God! Because as the <laughs> oh, no. uh, don't like they not only do they ruin the match, they ruin the after match as well, which their uh, their domination of of Nova and Chetty brings out New Jack. Now, were you actually hoping that the network would be nice to us and just edit this whole thing out so we wouldn't have to talk? So, about it? <laughs> I, I here's something I'm going to say right right now, right away. I'm not going to let new. I have no rating for this because this is not a match. There's no rating for this because it's. I don't want. There is no way this one out of ten is going to taint this pay per view. So no, it's there's not a match. there's no match. There's no rating for this. I don't care if there somebody covers or counts this as a. There's no match here. Forget it. But we can talk about it. It's no problem. This just gets so damn irritating because I've just I've had I've had you should enough, see him, Martin. I've had enough of this, and it's just like I mean, I'm sure the guy is intelligent. I'm sure all these things, but I'm so tired of these damn matches that aren't yeah. matches that are just. I'm just gonna roll in with the the dumpster to the ring with whatever crap I've accumulated, you know, during the day. Oh, this would be fun to hit somebody with. That'd be cool. What? What am I, am I out of line here? Nope. No, I am. I'm waiting for the head to explode. <laughs> yeah, I am sick of New Jack. Oh God, yeah. Because you you can you can make the point that yeah, ECW has a formula, but they only have so many pay per views. New Jack's been doing the exact exact same shit for literal years <laughs> now. K-fabe you know, in our wise, timeline. Kayfabe wise, wouldn't. Wouldn't it make more sense for him to try to win a title so he could afford better shit to hit people with? Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, I mean, you make could, more money. Dude, can you imagine? Just imagine. Now, you want to get my interest back into it? New Jack goes corporate. Like, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. Ooh. If you had New Jack refuse yeah, yeah, yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, New Jack. Like. New, yeah, yeah. New John. 
<laughs> New Jackson. <laughs> New Jack. <laughs> yeah. All right, I mean, I'm in. I'm in. All I mean, right. I mean, can give it to Imagine me. him coming out like he's gone. He's joined Cyrus. He's wearing a wig. He's a blonde wig. And he refuses to do, refuses to use weapons. He does the Mick Foley 96, he, or 95. Yes. You know, or, yeah. He does arm bars. Yeah. And Boston crabs. Yeah. And headlocks. <laughs> and headlocks. Yeah. Rest spots galore. He becomes the new Mr. Hughes, basically. Mm. No, 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 no. Fall, This I, is good. I, this is so much. I'm very fun. interested in what like, this could be. And then, like, yeah. it would, because this would be so good about it. It would honestly trick us into wanting the old New Jack back. Yeah, right. This is what's yeah. so bad. <laughs> I need the old New Jack. <laughs> Paul Heyman goes to the bar and finds him. No. You sit the fuck down. <laughs> oh, I need the old New yeah. Angels running rampant all across ECW. Oh, my God. If we had new, oh my God, New Jack in the bar, just staring down. He's rubbing the scars on his head. Yeah, just New Jack, come back, rub a cheese grater over my head, damn it! <laughs> you want to come? Here's a pizza slicer. Go and do it. Come on, cut me. You want? You want a PlayStation? I went on Etsy and I got an old PlayStation. You want to hit me with it? Jump off the ceiling and kill me. <laughs> New Jack becomes a stock trader and jumps out of a building. Oh, oh God. We're going to end the show a little early today. Uh, I can see we've gone too far. <laughs> but New but Jackson, no, I would love. New Jackson. Mm, I like it. Anyway, all right, so. That's brilliant. But so, in reality. I want to talk about the WWE Network music. Okay. I swear to God, it didn't, it sounded nothing more, it sounded nothing like his music. It, it no. sounded like the music that, that plays in the party scene where Uncle Buck's going through a party <laughs> to get Tia. It might, it might have been. It sounded like that music. He's like, yeah, y'all seen Tia? <laughs> Got named Bug? <laughs> it just got me thinking about that. Um, the lighting. Oh, oh, man, man. Uncle Buck Whipwreck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uncle... <laughs> he, he comes to the ring in that fucking car. <laughs> <laughs> You ever hear of a tune-up? I'm gonna fucking kick your ass. <laughs> be he. He has to come out with a golf club. Yeah, right. That would be awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, uh, the lighting is fucking awful. Uh, the, the New Jack table spot—you don't even see the table uh, when he hits it, or or whoever the hell was. I don't even know who was on it. Was it Grimes? This time, see, this is what's weird. Like, I think this time it's David. No, no, no. It is yeah. Grimes, right? It's Oh, it's DeVito. Know. It's the De- poor DeVito. DeVito? Dude, because back up for a sec. The fork to the forehead. Yeah. Fuck. Like, it looks disgusting. Like, the... Because what's funny is I ended up seeing the Carino stuff first. I watched all the Sean Long stuff first, then went back and got the network stuff later. But this fork job that he... Like, it's cringeworthy. You know? And it doesn't oh, look know. like it's... Like, he bladed. Like, it's like he legit stabbed him. Yeah. The, but you're right. The table spot just is, it doesn't exist. It just feels like I can't see it. I can't see it. Doesn't matter. And it, but yeah, the f- fork. This makes me think of the mass transit incident. It feels like it take, <laughs> took 30 minutes to get there too. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, New, New Jack is weirdly like gassed. He's he's bollocks before he even goes up the stairs. Um. So yeah. Joey Styles has this comment that is very foreboding. He says something about the censors. 
And then he makes a comment about, I doubt we'll be in business 10 years from now. I'm like, you're, you're not in business a year from now. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, you've T- been TNN, TNN still exists. Yeah. It turned into Spike, but it still exists. Isn't that right. weird? TNA has been in business longer than ECW was. Yeah. yeah. And people hate TNA. <laughs> like, people hate watch TNA. This is this is the start of the stuff. I mean, you know, the there was the stuff with Heyman on the last show, um, shouting at Cyrus and yes. the network. This isn't an angle. This is a man airing his grievances. Yeah, publicly. What, I don't think Joey could hide here's it. Something that's funny though. Cyrus, so, so each show, just like and we've talked about it. With each show, Cyrus like is the party pooper. He interrupts the what's gonna be awesome. Joey and Gertner are gonna do the show. Nope. And then Cyrus, network, 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 blah blah blah. He so he's his ultra ultra heel. And then he gets on commentary and it's like it never happened for a little bit. Like you yep. know what I mean? Like he'll dive oh, yeah. into it's and it's like, wait, no, you just you just healed out majorly. There is so much crowd heat on you right There's now. No it's going like going back. And then he, he it's the only knock against it that I have. It's like it doesn't carry over. It pops up here and there. But it's sort of like the half-pregnant thing to me. Like, oh, yeah. you're either all in on it or you're not. But anyway, this let's just finish this thing up real quick. So he dives on DeVito. Um, he finally he gets back to the ring. Nova and Chetty hold down. They're still around. They hold Angel for a guitar shot. And uh, New Jack drops the 187 chair slam on Angel and covers him. I put in question mark, or put a, a question beside it for a three count. Um, so oh yeah, they just and Joey goes why not? So he's taking the yeah. streets back, Be- I guess. Before I can even write it down, Joey took. He said exactly what I was gonna write. Yeah, why not count the three? I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, so that's why I was like, I refuse to rate this because I don't want. <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe you rated I, the last one. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think even even Joey's getting tired of New Jack shit with that line. It's just <laughs> yeah, he's the king of the streets. He pinned a guy in, in, in a building. Yep. <laughs> Maybe if you motherfuckers King. settled this in the street. King, King of the warehouse, New Jack. I'm sorry. I would take, not to put it down, Goldust and Roddy Piper, that shit is fucking amazing at WrestleMania yep. 12. That's how you do it. Like, that is so good, what they pulled off. I didn't even know for years that that shit was pre-recorded like two weeks before. I, the, the editing, the O.J. Simpson stuff, that's entertainment. Like, that's good. Yeah. And those mm-hmm. guys have no business doing a street fight. But... It, it worked. Like oh yeah. This we we can't even get half that with anything New Jack does. No. He, <clears throat> to call New Jack a wrestler is doing a disservice to anyone who has ever appeared in a ring, no matter how terrible they are. Because I guarantee they can do a move. Jack New Jack can do shit all. David Arquette could do moves. Like, at least, yes. At least he could. Do I am moves. curious what his because I I have to believe he has some type of wrestling acumen. The thing is like. I, I think he held Heyman up at gunpoint. Give me a joke. Must have. Is that one of his moves? The hold up? <laughs> is that is the that... hold up? <laughs> he brings excessive force with him. Oh, that's the best tag team ever, man. Just let those guys go to work. <laughs> what are they what is that? That's the fucking is that baton. The slapping the, the, oh, the baton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so all right, let's move on from here. So right. we got so this we pick business picks up a little bit. So Joey tells us about the dreamer thing that happened in the opening segment oh, where the they yeah, mm-hmm. yeah where a bloody Tommy Tommy Nordberg uh, stumbled into the arena. <laughs> oh! <laughs> 
Steve Carino then makes his way out with Jack Victory. Um, Cyrus ooh. makes a mention here. Mm. He he talks about WWF coming to TNN. Oh, does he? Yeah, he said. Oh yeah, I, I, I missed it. the I comment missed though. The first time it's been brought up, and I think this is the the beginning of the disdain, like the true utter disdain that uh, Joey Styles shows for for TNN. Paul Heyman, yeah, because Joey's got some comments later on. But yeah, I don't know exactly when the Viacom deal hit. But are you looking it up? I want to look it up real quick. Yeah, because. <clears throat> I know it was around this time, ECW hadn't even been on TNN for a year. And all of a sudden, and not, not they weren't just purchasing WWF. The Nashville Network was rebranding itself as the, yeah. na- as the National Network. And they were getting rid of all of their, like, howdy-doody, hee-haw type shows. And they were going on a more... <laughs> howdy-doody, that's, that's, that's hee-haw what it was. shows. Cyrus mentioned, oh God, what was it? I totally forgot this show existed. But 18 Wheels of Justice? <laughs> oh, my God. That, this that is, the... is a hell of a name for a stable. Oh, I don't is... care how you it's do that. It's so good. Because that was the show that came on after Roller Jam uh, on, on Friday night. So it was ECW on TNN, Roller Jam, and then 18 Wheels of Justice. September 25th, 2000 is when Raw starts on TNN. So it's announced in May. There you go. That's yeah. the deal. Wow. Mm-hmm. Less than a year. Less than a year. I, I'm telling you, I think it was a power play. Yeah. To, from, not from necessarily from TNN, but Viacom. You know, because that's what they own. I mean, Viacom owns what? CBS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit. Which is interesting, because WWE always did business with NBC. Yeah. You know, Dick Ebersole. Which shit. USC is. USA is. USA. Under the, under the... NBC Universal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is under that umbrella. So. Oh, God, what do you want? But, um... But, yeah, so... Carino and uh, Carino cuts a hell of a oh, hell of a little pro- before now. This is where we got some Colin stuff here because he actually talks about where this crazy uh, developing stuff between Carino and Tajiri and Sandman and Rhino and all this stuff. He actually says here, due to the next two matches having their uh, being intertwined basically in their buildup, he's just kind of throwing it all together here for us. March 17th, Sandman pinned Angel after multiple cane shots. <laughs> he had it coming. <laughs> Later, Steve Carino so, pinned... So does that, make, does that make Sandman king of the streets? <laughs> a victory is a king of the streets. <laughs> Later, Steve Carino pinned New Jack after Rhino interfered in Gord New Jack. Oh, oh God, that would be like pornography to me, watching Rhino spear New Jack. I kind of want a gif of that. <laughs> During the match, New Jack dove off the balcony onto Jack Victory. He really likes to dive off the Asbury Park balcony. This match was taped prior to New Jack almost killing himself at Living Dangerously. March 24th, Super Crazy pinned Tajiri the powerbomb through a table to retain the World Television Championship in a Japanese death match. Post-match, Rhino hits Crazy with a gore following an attack by Carino and Victory. Sandman's music stops the attack, but once... He gets in the ring. Tajiri Green misses him in the face, leading to a gore, <laughs> then a pile driver from Rhino. That never gets old. I the still, I still want to see, does. still want to see Brock Lesnar do it. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so unexpected. I know. March thirty first, Cyrus comes to the ring with Tajiri to interrupt Styles and Gertner's opening promo. He says he will wrestle Super Crazy tonight for the World Television Championship. He says idiots like Tajiri here aren't getting the job done which has Tajiri ready to attack Cyrus. He threatens to deport Tajiri if he attacks him. Later, Tajiri pinned Little Guido after a top-rope brainbuster. 
Cyrus versus Super Crazy doesn't happen. Cyrus brings out Rhino instead. Super Crazy pinned Smart. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> Super Crazy pinned Rhino to retain the World Television Championship after a sunset powerbomb from the top rope through a table. The network attack the network attacks Crazy until Sandman makes the save with cane shots. He is eventually super kicked by Carino, and Rhino rams Crazy into Sandman, putting him through a table propped in the corner. Rhino canes both Sandman and Crazy before drinking Sandman's beer. Uh, April 2nd, referee H.C. Locke defeated Steve Carino. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Oh, is this that feud? I wish it was referee Tone Lock, to be honest. <laughs> Yo, Ace is in the house. (laughs) (laughs) April 7th, Cyrus interrupts a Guido promo announcing that his world television title match next week versus Super Crazy will now be a three-way dance with Tajiri added. Super Crazy pinned Mikey Whipwreck with a springboard moonsault to retain the world television championship. Post-match, Guido attacks Crazy until Tajiri lays both men out with kicks and Green Mist to Crazy. April 14th, Tajiri beats Super Crazy and Little Guido in a three-way dance to win the World Television Championship. Little Guido was first eliminated by both Crazy and Tajiri, followed by a double foot stomp from the top rope onto a table that he was underneath. Ow. Ouch. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I've done that with the toys before. I guarantee you that dog's about to vomit. Just wait. Um, Tajiri, <laughs> Tajiri pinned Crazy after a gore Don't and a pile driver from the apron through a ringside table. Post-match, Cyrus says that Tajiri will hand the belt over to the network at Cyberslam. The Sandman comes to the ring and canes Rhino about a dozen times to the head and body. Tajiri sprays red mist in Sandman's eyes, leading to a Carino superkick and a gore through a table. Are we sure that that was actually red mist and Tajiri just didn't have some internal injuries? I, I, I know, that's what I'm wondering too. At Cyberslam from the ECW arena, Tajiri refused to hand the World TV title over to Rhino and received some racial abuse from Cyrus before finally telling him, fuck you. This led to a match between Tajiri and Rhino. Rhino. This led to a match. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My, them fighting words, pal. <laughs> Rhino pinned Tajiri after a gore and two pile drivers to win the world television championship. It took a lot to put Super Crazy away. <laughs> that was Tajiri. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's all right. During the match, Tajiri spit green mist into Carino's face. Cyrus announces Rhino versus Sandman at Hardcore Heaven. There's a yeah, lot that's, more. That's a lot to unpack. Um. There's there's even more. I just let, let's get into this. All right, let's get in. Steve Carino and Tajiri. Tajiri, like, um, all right. So I want Martin. Martin, take us through Steve Carino versus Tajiri, starting with that awesome promo. Well, we yes. should also say that this is where we switch back. To, oh yeah, yeah. We're back to normal. We're back to Sean. Oh, you, thank God. Yep. Y'all uh, back to the originals. Yes. As soon as uh, Carino says "slant-eyed bastard," yep. That, that's yeah. when. Uh, oh my. Yeah. That's a yep, winner. We get some. Wonderful, wonderful uh, early 2000s, late 90s race baiting. The Scarino uses all of the racial slurs in Tajiri's face. You know, Tajiri understood at least three of those words. Oh, um, God, yeah. <laughs> you have shit. <laughs> you <Go ahead>. have <laughs> <laughs> and, and we are at actual final form Tajiri now, I think. Yes. Um, God. 
So it starts off with Tajiri just unloading on Carino. Um, we get the tarantula, a brain buster, brain buster, not suplex, a brain buster on the ramp. Steve Carino's head comes in for a lot of trauma tonight. We get, uh, I, th- I think it's from the brain buster on the ramp where Carino either blades or he's opened up. I couldn't tell you... where he bladed or, or even yeah. if he bladed. Um, but as he's hanging in the tree of woe, his blood literally drips down and starts staining the mat. Um, and there's, there is an incredible camera angle close-up of Carino's head as he takes the Tree of World drop kick. His head snaps in about a thousand different directions from it. Tajiri just gives him both barrels. Um, and it just kind of escalates from there. Um, Carino takes chair shots. He, he bleeds like Ric Flair, you know, because of his blonde hair. It, 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 it's dyed red um tajiri does an incredibly innovative table spot where he sets up a table puts carino at the end of it and then drop kicks the 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 edge oh, yeah. to his face oh yeah um uh tajiri ends up getting put through a table carino comes back he does like a perfect plex and a northern lights suplex um we get an octopus hold, which I always enjoy. Yeah. Um, oh, that is a cool move. A, I wish he did it more. Yeah. Uh, Jack Victory gets the green mist in the face. So I, I get this match. Oh, I love ten. it. Hey, just, he just I, walks I, in the ring. Just I marked it. out when he did the green mist. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, when did he do it? Oh, God. It's, oh, it's so fucking cool. It's um, just the fact that he uses on Jack Victory. Good. Yeah. <laughs> get the hell out of here. Jack Surrender. Another table gets set up for the finish, but before that, Tajiri just goes apeshit on Carino with kicks. Yes. I, I, if you had told me beforehand that they gen, Tajiri genuinely had some kind of a beef with Carino, I would have believed you because he just went ham on him. Um, and then eventually, double foot stomp through a table. Fucking ow. But I loved this. It was just a wonderfully incredible brawl. I, I had to get... I, it's it's got to be a nine from me. I well, good love this. Right on, man. Uh, Charlie, go ahead. So your thoughts, opinions, rating? Steve Carino has finally arrived. Like, this yep. is the guy. This is the this is the guy, and and where he goes to from here is it's all logical. He is clearly a main eventer. I I mean Martin pretty much touched on all of it. I love this match. I I'd actually forgotten how good this match was, and this is the best match Tajiri's had in ages. And they, this is so good. And when Tajiri just absolutely just goes ballistic on Carino towards the end with those hits and those kicks, and Carino just takes it. It looks so physical, like, like just almost like a shoot. Like it looks, it just looks amazing. Love, like look at look at last because there are a lot of things that are similar, and I, what I mean by a lot of things, like there are a lot of very distinct elements that are similar in this match compared to the Living Dangerously match with Dusty Rhodes. But you know oh, what's neat. So much but you know what's cool is that Carino looks very strong because he takes so much punishment. Yeah, he stays in this table spot. Where the table is against his head and he's on the outside and, and Tajiri kicks it. 
Man, oh, it was just brutal. Oh, man. It's um, one of the most vicious blade jobs I've ever seen. Like it, It's I, rough. And I was really nervous when he had him up in the vertical on the barricade. I'm like, or on the uh, on the ramp. I'm like, is he going to do a brain buster? And the, it's very, it's a very subtle move to do, to make it look like it's a brain buster. It used to look a lot worse, but... Like, just the, the hook of the arm and the, just the way they land, very dangerous, but also looked very safe, the way Tajiri did it. Uh, I absolutely loved this match. I give it an 8. You give it an 8? Yeah, and no, no, 8.5. 8.5. It was funny, it was like, I, in conversation with you guys, I found myself liking it more. I initially only gave it, like, around a 5, only because, like, and the only reason was, like, there wasn't anything I really disliked. I thought, eh, it was all right. But at the same time, like, I... Um, I enjoyed where I enjoyed more so how it how Carino looked in in a defeated effort, but after kind of hashing out with you guys a little bit, I went to I moved up to seven. Okay, so I'm, I'm about mm-hmm. at seven with it. It's it and it's it is good for Tajiri too because now we're starting to see like we've seen him run as a heel in final form yep. Tajiri. Now to see him kind of rolling in as a is a bit more of a face. It's nice to get him more well rounded. His transformation like when we get done like. I can't wait to talk about how where we've seen Tajiri go. I'm not sure if yeah. I've ever seen a, a a foreign wrestler adapt to the American style and to the American audience faster and more with ease than yep. Yoshihiro Tajiri. Yeah, I, just, and it's it's fun it's fun that we've been able to see it happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think back to when he first came in and he looked like a baby Yuji Nagata, you know, just in yeah, off Yuji blue Nagata. Trunks. Yeah, blue trunks and a little Japanese flag. (laughs) Yeah, this is just now look at him. So after the match, um, your favorite refrigerator, Kanemore, and uh, Jack Victory (laughs) double team Tajiri. Dusty Rhodes makes the save, only to be attacked by Rhino. This then brings out the Sandman, which is fitting because that just launches us into our next match, which is for the World Television Championship: The Sandman versus Rhino, Charlie. Did you do the last one? Was it that? Oh no, this is me. Okay, Charles, um, take it away. So, well, <laughs> just doing, I always love when you do a French, like the quintessential French accent is just always in everything. Do like a blue jersey. Candlestick guy was Beauty and the Beast. Lumiere, yeah, Lumiere. Yeah. 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 So something happened in the crowd. Uh, right <laughs> at the beginning of this match, and I, I couldn't figure out what it was, but. Um, Rhino seems to be somewhat irritated by whatever it was. He, he he actually focuses on whatever it is for a bit, and the it takes a while for them to get the crowd back. But my God, this is intense. And you know, with Sandman, it's always touch or go. You know, it's just you don't you never really know what you're going to get. But he has a good chemistry with Rhino, and Rhino looks great in this match. <laughs> uh, Sandman's wife shows up and. Uh, and I bet I, she wishes I, that, she did. The Sand Woman. Yeah, the Sand Woman. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting this over, damn it. She. <laughs> he pile, so he pile drives her through the table, and I'm just thinking, like, oh, my God. God, that's horrifying. And then Cyrus goes, "We might have to babysit the kid, Joey." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize. Remember, I've seen that spot for years. Yep, I didn't know it was the Sand Woman. Context. No of, idea. But, um, I loved this too. I really did, uh, and I love that Rhino came out on top. Sandman, um, I, his uh, an under-told story from the match was that if he were to win this t- 
title, he would be a triple crown winner. He would join the likes of Mikey Whipwreck if he were yeah. to have... What a class this is. <laughs> <laughs> we got Buck's brother and the Sandman. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um... It's, it's just it's just a good time. I had, I had so much fun watching this one. I'd give this a seven. Nice, Martin. How about you, man? What you got to say about this one? Uh, I don't know what it is, but the, I think at this point, I think it's because I was watching the network version, so I had the Fed version of Sandman's theme. Oh boy! Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, not not a pleasant experience. So my, my first exit. My first, my first note is yeah, Rhino, murder that drunk. <laughs> 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 you're the chosen one <laughs> I, d- I didn't like this as much as Charlie it's fine it's Rhino doing his thing again I'm a mark for Rhino um, I just want to see him fuck shit up yeah <laughs> and that that shit that he fucks up was the Sam woman again <laughs> he gores the table again yeah. yeah yeah. I mean she is just killed again again twice she's bulled twice yeah. yeah. I, mean, um, I I um I went for a, a six because again it's it's okay. The problem is it comes after Karino Tajiri. Right. Yeah, um, but to, to make to make Rhino look like a bit of a monster, it it works. Yeah, I have it around five uh, myself. Like I I do love that. I think his entrance is longer than the match. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And he, he shouldn't plus, be. Plus, he should this, be. Is four, this is four beer, Sandman. I was counting how many beers he had in his entrance. Yeah. Oh, and, also, jo- and Joey says this is probably the most inebriated the Sandman's ever been yeah. to the ring. Can we also talk about how when Rhino first came to the ring to do his business, he had the title around his waist? Looked a little yep. goofy. Yeah, it, there's some guys just don't need to wear the belt around their waist. Carry it over the I shoulder. I mean, that's true. And yeah, he's one of those guys. But also, a guy does a run in and he's got the belt on. Just in case you forgot, I'm the... Uh, I'm the, I'm the champ. I do have a title match. What's so funny about those run-ins, like they do, it seems like you're trying to save time. You're trying to make up Maybe, time. Yeah. But then the but Sandman never... totally kills it by spending... And this is a, a grudge match, essentially. And Sandman still does his typical uh... ring entrance. I mean, he should have done the drunken run to the ring. You know, Just beer There's, in hand. And uh, well, there comes a point when he's doing all his shtick and Rhino is, like, in the ring, just... <laughs> just... Come on! Just... Fucking <laughs> wrestle! <laughs> I love afterwards too the um, where Rhino for like he does not know it's he knows it's a holiday but doesn't know it's Mother's Day right away. He's like it's Mother's Day, <laughs> <laughs> and then he wish it he he wishes uh, he wishes Happy Mother's Day to the Sand Woman that fucking bitch. Oh, yep. so not, good. Not not censored on the network for nope. some, whatever reason. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. Um, Jesus, I mean, it's pay for. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A match that's really built around just a handful of bumps and interference. Like I said, five out of ten for me. You know, that's I, it's. Oh, I don't think like I. The good thing is I don't think there's a lot of like terrible on this show beyond you know, the obvious, which was you know the the new. Oh, that's guy. the only low point right, for me. Right. Everything else I at least enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now we shift now to we um, Joe. We get Joey showing us some dirty photos of Electra on ECW Wrestling. <laughs> ah, dial up girly pics. <laughs> and she's not naked. She's wearing more clothes in that picture than she was just ten minutes ago. That's right. Bitch. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. You're going to react the way I want. <laughs> so let's get into, as if this really needs a lot of backstory, but there is nonetheless. Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn, one year later, are going to be taking on one another here. No title no on the line. Title. So 
How do we get and here? They're both back. Yeah, both back after similar injuries in a way. Rob Van Dam makes his appearance, uh, first appearance since, since living dangerously with Scotty Anton on. It looks like I guess in a in a wrestling capacity on April fourteenth. He squares up to Rhino as the show goes off the air. Um, April twenty first, Rhino versus Scotty Anton went to a no contest when Rhino gored the ref and Anton threw a table. Rob Van Dam comes out to have a, a pull-apart brawl with the Man Beast. <laughs> On April 28th at CyberSlam, Cyrus challenges anyone to come out and challenge for the network, which brings out Rob Van Dam and Scotty Anton. After clearing the ring of everyone else, Van Dam and Rhino have a brief exchange before RVD hits a somersault senton off the top rope onto Rhino and Carino in the aisleway. We are told that Van Dam won't be clear to wrestle until Hardcore Heaven and his opponent will be Jerry Lynn. Lynn returns cutting a promo on RVD about how they both suffered injuries at the same time and that no one has said anything about Jerry Lynn and all he hears is everyone talking about Rob Van Dam. Lynn says he is the whole effing show, refuses a handshake by giving Van Dam the finger and knocks down Anton. This is part of that newer Jerry Lynn that we were talking about, that harder edge one. May 5th, Jerry Lynn pinned Scotty Anton with a cradle pile driver after Rhino ran in and gored Anton through a table. Cyrus comes out and calls Lynn a friend of the network. Lynn attacks Carino in victory while Rhino attacks Anton in the ring. Van Dam comes out to a brawl with Rhino, hitting a Hurricane Rana and a leaping sidekick from the top rope. RVD throws a chair to Cyrus, but before the Van Daminator can be attempted, Carino and victory save their boss. Tajiri runs in to attack Carino and spits green miss in Victory's face. <laughs> There's the target. <laughs> Van- <Check> Victory. <laughs> Van Dam then dives onto Lynn and Anton outside the ring with a plancha. May 12th, Lance Storm pinned Jerry Lynn after Justin Credible's attempted cane shot to Storm after to Storm hit Lynn. The later Van Dam runs in to save Tajiri and Sandman from a network's attack. He hits Rhino with a leaping sidekick and a five-star frog splash to end the show. So RVD's hitting it. He's hitting right. He's hitting the ground running here. And this Jerry Lynn thing's fascinating because, like, it I, when you hear about that buildup and then you see him come out, like, it just doesn't feel like it really gets over. You know what I mean? Like, Jerry yeah. No, no, no. This twist that they're trying to give him, where he's this harder-edged one, like, it still feels like he's just still the same Jerry Lynn when he yeah. comes yeah. out. I, I didn't even pick up on it at first. No. So. Martin, you are going to get to go through this, which is the most anticipated match on the card. Tell us about RVD and Jerry Lynn. uh, What is this? Uh, RVD Lynn 3 on pay-per-view? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, Amazingly, the the law of diminishing returns doesn't seem to apply to this. This is a pretty great little match. Um, They they build on their counter spot at the beginning again, where they add more counters, so... It builds in like a really logical way from the other two. Martin, is Rick Steiner at your door? <laughs> you can <laughs> you can hear that. That's that's a that's, that's a dog a street away. <laughs> this mic's better. These are pretty this, good. <laughs> <laughs> this mic's better than I thought. <laughs> Rick Steiner's having his WrestleMania moment against Martin Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Steiner's the king of the streets. <laughs> Oi. <laughs> You just had to find a way to fit that back in. <laughs> anyway, con- <laughs> sorry, Martin. Continue, please. Yeah, um, there's just a, a, another escalation of more and more insane stuff. Um, there's far, far too many spots to uh, to call, right. you know, chronologically or anything. Again, they just hit everything perfectly. 
um, apart from Jerry Lynn managing to hardcore Holly's back on the table spot. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of nasty. Um, but yeah, it just keeps on going and going and going um, until... <sighs> well, we get a five-star onto a chair, and then that's the cue for Cyrus to leave the booth once again, um, and then the entire network come out and beat up seemingly both guys. They tease the idea that, you know, they're helping Lynn. Then it all goes sort of south from there. Um, Rhino appears, RVD fights him. Uh, Cyrus finally eats the Van Daminator, which I'm guessing the, you know, they must have teased on TV from the notes. Um, then he gives one to Lynn and then Riggs turns on RVD when he goes up to do some kind of dive um, yeah, throws him off the ropes in a very scary looking angle. Oh my god, the way he landed. Yeah. Um, so Lynn hits a cradle pile driver and RVD kicks out at 2.99999. And then a second cradle pile driver on a chair, almost. Almost, yeah. I'll talk <laughs> um, about yeah. Uh, so, and that finally gives Lynn his, his win on pay per view, albeit tainted with all of the bollocks going on. It's a fine match. Up until all of the uh, the bullshit happens, still gave it an eight. It's still fabulous, but too too much of an ending. It's like ECW has like a thousand guys all doing stuff at once. Yeah, isn't but yeah, it, it's an eight. Isn't it interesting how Martin would? Like, we were just talking about this. How Martin would say that that was a tainted win for Jerry Lynn. But every time Rob Van Dam's beaten Jerry Lynn, he's had help from Bill Alfonso, and we don't exactly. call that a tainted no, no, it's, win. It's, it's, Why do we make excuses for Rob Van Dam? I went through this spectrum after this match because I didn't know how to assess it. I didn't it feel like Lynn earned it. And no. I was like, no, wait a minute. No, exactly. He did earn it. It's like, it's like weird that RVD has like kind of plot armor. It's like he's yeah. the main RVD character. RVD is Teflon. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'll make any excuse I went through him. the same thing because I thought about it afterwards. I was like, wait a second. So Jerry Lynn finally... And it's because they build up not only... He'd been he'd been chasing RVD in the TV title. That's not at stake here, but he just hadn't beaten him. He needed to beat him, and he does. And it felt weird afterwards. I was like, "Huh, huh, is that the way it should go down?" Right. But then I thought about. It. I was like, "Commentary's been hitting us over the head for months, for over a year, almost two years. That RVD always wins because somebody helps him. Bill Alfonso, Sabu, somebody. Is it because we just consider it a package deal?" What do you mean? Yeah. Like, like, he's wrestling Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Well, he's not really wrestling Rob Van Dam. He's wrestling Rob Van Dam and Bill Alfonso. Right. Every okay. single match with against Rob Van Dam is a handicap match. Right. Every sing- Is it that? Or is it just because we dig the guy so much that that we're willing to let that slide? Even when it's Sabu, I still don't, I'm still not like, oh, Rob Van Dam needed Sabu to win. Here's something I think that makes it feel weird. I think what makes it feel weird is that Based on how amazing their matches were, and where Jerry Lynn like just seems to be the guy knocking on the door, you want to see him beat RVD clean. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because then it's like you beat the best wrestler in ECW without any shenanigans. RVD always needed shenanigans to beat you, but you didn't need it to beat him. Mm-hmm. Like is a moment for him. It felt so weird, but I came around to it. Like I eventually came around. I was like, you know what? RVD won so many matches like this, it's kind of fitting he loses a match because of interference, because yeah. of so many people coming in to interfere against him. Or, yeah, 
and I felt like that that worked. The Scotty Riggs, Scotty Anton thing, whatever. I mean, like I I don't I can't wait to see if they actually have a match. They do. They do. Heatwave. No, I've never I've never seen it. Can't wait. The to debut hear. of the Van Terminator. Oh, well, that's what sold the show. Yeah, that was how they sold the show. You're gonna hey see man, a brand I new want, move. I want to see this, man. You, I want to try this. They Scott. talked about it for weeks. Hey. Like, what's the Van Terminator? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, in the end, I ended up giving it a seven. I I did think it was a, the one thing I noticed before, and because Martin, I thought the same thing. There, the match dips when all the all of the interference happens, but before then. It looked like to a degree, and I can't blame him for it. But it's just when you compare this, you have to, you have to compare this to the other matches. Like it's impossible mm-hmm. not to compare it to the Hardcore Heaven match, the what living, was dangerously? living dangerously match that they had. It looks like he's being careful, a little too careful. Oh, and that, yeah, and there's a lot of spots that he looks like it's it, everything looks a little ginger, and it looks like he's just trying to protect himself from. Possibly going in too hard and getting hurt. I don't blame him though. Hey, look, he still pulls off half this crap three months after a broken ankle. That's incredible yes. that he's even attempting half this stuff. But the stuff he does, there's sometimes where you can tell it's like, oh, gotta be careful on this one. Not gonna, not gonna be as aggressive on the leaps or some of the dives, some of that nature. But it's still a solid match. It's just weird. Like the thing that's just weird though is Jerry Lynn. Like he never, like in the match, never appeared to be this aggressive dude. Overly aggressive, do that. This buildup kind of sells. You know what right. I mean? Where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm giving RVD the finger. Fuck you, man. I don't give a shit about you. Blah, blah, blah. I have the whole fucking show. But through the rest of the match, he's like, oh, I'm Jerry Lynn. I'm just going to wrestle the match with Rob Van Dam. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, mm-hmm. still still solid. Hey, it's still a solid match. Anything else? Oh, well, I haven't talked about it. Well, then, goddamn, go talk about it, then, <laughs> jackass. <laughs> There's my wallet. There's my wallet. <laughs> um,. I, I really, really love this match. Um, Joey Styles says right at the very beginning, before they even lock up, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn is ECW. And that's a very, very appropriate statement. I like and I don't like that this isn't for a title. You know, because it's like, oh, this is just two guys going at it. Now let's see if Jerry Lynn can do it. So that gives me a problem at the same time where, so Jerry Lynn can beat Rob Van Dam just not for a title. Right. You know, yep. that kind of thing. Um there's a lot of great spots that, that, that I, I really liked. Uh, the one time I, I figured where Rob Van Dam was taking it easy um, was probably the bulldog through the table. You know, cause, yeah. Because it made me think of the year before where I was like, last year it was a sunset flip powerbomb through a table. Yeah. And it's one of the best spots I've, I've ever seen. And this time, it's just a bulldog. It's fine. Uh, they, they repeat some of the same spots, like the leg drop, Onto the head into the chair, which, God, that still just looks amazing how they pull that off. Yep. Uh, Rob Van Dam, they repeat a spot from last year, only this time Rob Van Dam hits it. The top, with Jerry Lynn straddling the top rope, Rob Van Dam hits a Van Daminator uh, while Jerry Lynn's on uh, straddling the top rope. He wasn't able to do that before. I think Lynn ducked it. Jerry yeah. Lynn finally, finally gets to Van Daminator Bill Alfonso. Yeah, I, I I marked out for that. I thought that was great. The Cyrus thing looked a little little lazy, mainly because Cyrus, well, RVD didn't catch the chair quite right, and it looked like it was just like a second too long. Um, the Scotty Anton shove, I mean, Robin M looks like he hit his dick like right on the apron or right on the ramp. Uh, Rob Van Dam's ring awareness, like it's it's always interesting. So. 
Jerry Lynn hits the final cradle pile driver, and it's supposed to be on the chair, but it's not. Rob Van Dam misses the chair, or Jerry Lynn misses doing it on the chair. But when Rob Van Dam hits the ground, it's like he knew there was no chair underneath him because he moves Jerry Lynn back with his body, and all of a sudden he's right on top of the chair. Mm. <laughs> it's so odd the way it looks, but... It's just how great Rob Van Dam is. Like you can see yep. him push himself backward, probably because he could. He looked down and saw there was no chair there, and it somewhat saves the move for me, just because of how amazing Rob Van Dam is. I really do like that Jerry Lynn was able to get a victory here, even though like that's something we used to talk about. Like there should always be a wrestler or a feud where one guy can't beat the other guy, like Austin and Brett. Like yeah, Austin won a match by DQ, but he never actually beat. Brett, yeah. and that, that's and always Austin been your argument always with to. Rock and Austin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but whatever. So I, I have a slight issue with that, but I can't argue with the fact that Jerry Lynn doesn't deserve to beat Rob Van Dam and have his moment. Um, in terms of the three matches, with I believe one more left to go between these two on pay-per-view, I'd, I'd say this is probably my second favorite. Uh, nothing will ever beat Hardcore Heaven. No. Uh, yeah. From last year, which is probably still my favorite ECW match ever. But at the same time, I really dug this match. Their chemistry, I mean, it is the only thing close to them in ECW is Masato Tanaka and yes, Mike Awesome. And it's a completely different chemistry. Yeah, it, where this match is just pure athleticism and uh, just, just catch as catch can wrestling. And then Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka is just brutality. Right. But the chemistry is still there. I'd give this a nine. Yeah. Loved it. Big surprise. So now, all right. So now we dig into this, uh, wow, this mess of a thing here. We've got a, what's on paper, um, we got on paper here, which is supposed to be a triple threat. It's supposed to be a three-way Yeah, they dance. should have just done this the way, the way it turned out anyway. Um, so you've got Lance Storm, Tommy Dreamer, and the new ECW champion, Justin Incredible. Okay, so, and this is an apt note by uh, Colin. There's been a lot happening to the ECW World Championship, to say the least. March 17th, Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka went to a no contest when Raven hit a DDT on Tanaka and the ref. After Tanaka was uh, awesome bombed to a table on the floor, Dreamer made a failed attack on Raven, eating another DDT before being awesome bombed into a table propped in the corner. March 24th, Angel approaches Tommy Dreamer at a vending machine and tells him, it's just business, but Raven put a hit out on you, and the Baldies are here to collect. They throw Dreamer into two vending machines before walking off. This led to Tommy Dreamer beating Vic Grimes in a New Hampshire street fight when, oh, he, God, moved out of, when he moved out of the way of a Grimes, somersault senton, and landed onto a ladder and pinned the fallen Grimes. A sinister minister in-ring promo with Francine Raven and Mike Awesome and Jeff Jones in the ring. They both say they deserve credit for Raven and Mike Awesome becoming tag team champions. Francine's voice is really grating. The Impact players come to the ring as the show goes off the air. Hardcore TV, March 26th. The Impact players beat Raven and Mike Awesome to retain the World Tag Team Championships when Credible pinned Raven. May 7th, Fran uh, Raven and Francine say they didn't put the hit on Tommy Dreamer. The Baldies come out and attack Raven. Later, Dreamer cuts a promo saying that Raven is nothing without him. Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman beat the Baldies when Raven came out at the end to make, a, make it a three-on-three -three and pinned DeVito with a DDT. Post-match, Mike Awesome comes to the ring and Jeff Jones announces he put the hit on Dreamer. Awesome attacks both Dreamer and Raven, powerbombing both men through tables. 
Jeff Jones's promo in the the locker room saying he put the bounty on Dreamer for his own amusement. Awesome grabs. Jones demanding his payoff. He demands more for taking out Raven too. May 10th, awesome debuts for WCW while still being the ECW world champion when he attacks Kevin Nash. So then on May 13th, Taz beat Mike Awesome to win the ECW world championship. Tommy Dreamer runs in to hit Awesome with the DDT, leading to Taz, applying the Taz mission for the tap out win. This airs on the April 14th ECW on TNN, where a mix of fan cam footage is shown. April 17th, Taz appeared with the ECW World Championship belt for his triple threat match for the WWF Hardcore Championship against champion Crash Holly and Perry Saturn. Crash Holly won the match by pinning Saturn. WWF SmackDown, April 20th, taped April 18th, and the infamous non-title WWF World vs. ECW World Championship match, Triple H pinned Taz within six minutes. After Triple H countered a Taz mission with a low blow and then a pedigree, Tommy Dreamer ran in to hit Triple H with a chair, but he hit Taz by accident. Triple H hit Dreamer with a pedigree before pinning Taz. (laughs) ECW on TNN, April 21st, the Impact players beat Raven and Mikey Whipwreck to retain the World Tag Team Championship when Credible pinned Mikey with a That's Incredible. Cyberslam, April 22nd, Tommy Dreamer pinned ECW World Champion Taz to win the ECW World Championship with a roll-up reversal. This match did not air on ECW TV. April 28th, Lance Storm and Don Marie defeated Nova and Jazz when Don pinned Jazz following a credible cane shot. Storm is shown to be injured near the end of the match when Tommy Dreamer is showing is shown celebrating the World Championship win. Raven also comes out to shake his hand. Uh... That also then leads to a just incredible attack. He canes Tommy and hits that's incredible to Raven. In quotes here, you know what these tag titles, uh, you know these tag titles, Dreamer, they're not enough anymore. These tag titles are nothing. And to every great tag team that ever wore these titles, each and every one of you can kiss my ass. He throws down the, ta- the belts and challenges Dreamer to a world championship match right now. Just incredible, then pins Tommy Dreamer with that's incredible, following a Francine low blow to win the world championship. So that's how Just Incredible is now your champion. Of course, there's the stuff with Mike Awesome. I think we'll touch on a little bit near the end of the show a little bit just to get just to you know solidify why he left and everything like that. But that's where we are basically now with him being the champion. And of course. He's effectively split now from Lance Storm and said that the tag titles don't mean anything. But then it just gets weird here on this show because we have this triple threat set up. But, Charlie, why doesn't it happen? <laughs> because Justin Credible is going to pull on a lunger blaze. And <laughs> although I don't think either WCW or WWF would have taken him at the time. So I don't really know what his uh, contingency plan is. But he will take the title throw it in the trash and walk out because he doesn't want to fight in a three-way dance. He just wants Lance Storm, which is very interesting to me because Lance Storm has a far better win-loss record than Tommy Dreamer does. But he just doesn't want Tommy Dreamer. So that begs the question, well, why in the hell was Tommy Dreamer even mentioned in this to begin with? Because you could have easily sold this as just the impact players explode. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. And But at the same time, I remember... While all of this was happening back in 2000, Lance Storm wasn't a babyface. This was a heel versus heel match, so it was hard to 
care. Maybe that's why they, they added Tommy Dreamer, because it was too late to get people to care about Lance Storm right. in, a, in an emotional way. But having Justin Credible pull this, and, oh, it's so fucking annoying, because Paul Heyman comes out, and I don't know how many times he yells at Tommy Dreamer, he's got us by the balls. And no, oh, how God, many times? times. Like, oh. Is that? I heard Tom, I heard Charlie from the future come back and tell us <laughs> in the past that too. It's so annoying. It's just and Paul Heyman, arguably the greatest talker of all time, can't think of a single secondary phrase to say other than he's got us by the balls. Does he really? Does he really have you by the balls? What's stopping you guys from just running in there and kicking the shit out of him? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't understand. It's not like CM Punk where his contract ran out at midnight. And he left through the crowd. Now that's got you by the balls, you yeah. know. Or Bret Hart at Survivor Series. At least the story they tell, even though they no one ever mentions the fact that he had two weeks left in his contract. But it's it just the stakes just don't feel justified, yeah. basically. No. Am I? This, oh, go ahead, Martin. Uh, well, I, I feel like you. This this do, doesn't seem to matter to me. No. And is that? Nothing here to to grab onto, and this is the point where I think you can see Heyman and therefore ECW as a whole really starting to burn out. I mean, Heyman looks awful. Yes, he does more so than usual. <laughs> Heyman is at that that is at that point of depression that I had, where you just don't care about your physical appearance anymore. Mm. Yeah, there's. Uh, I I went for weeks without you know shaving, barely you know barely able to scrape myself together. Heyman doesn't seem to care anymore, and this whole you know the WWF deal with TNN is starting to affect this thing. I mean, this whole network thing it's it comes across as incredibly petulant. Yeah, and you you, you like I said I can I, I don't know if it's just me but I can. F- feel the ECW engine starting to splutter. There's just something here that... that, that, I mean, the show has a lot of energy around it, but this specifically, the world title program, doesn't seem to care. And I don't know... And This is something I did watch, the Sean Long version of this, the end of this. The fans don't seem to care either. There's a lot of quietness in this match. Well, there's no one to root for. Well, also, you're following Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Right. That's, you're already up against yep. the wall. That's there. already a problem. Well, go ahead. They should have had like a, 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 some nothing match in between. But uh, th- this should have had... We talked about it in the Living Dangerously episode. You could have done a six-month build with this, with Just Incredible versus Lance Storm. And, Justin, mm-hmm. and Lance Storm's just slowly getting irritated and feeling like he's being underappreciated. And Of course, Just Incredible is a natural heel. But Lance Storm, who is also, I actually think Lance Storm could be a face. Mm-hmm. And this could have had a great build, and it, it could have been it could have been good. And the match itself is okay. I mean it's 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 nothing bad. But I remember even watching it at the time thinking, not there was no doubt in my mind that Lance Storm was was gonna lose that match. And it's like Lance Storm is not gonna be the ECW champion. You know, it just, yeah, it just it just didn't make sense even though nothing seems to be making sense in this match. And it's it's a shame because this pay-per-view the whole way has been very good in, in my eyes, and then it ends this way, which this has happened before. They just don't quite know how to bring it home. And then, I mean, the, that's the, if we're going to talk about the match, 
the hip toss through the table spot is probably my favorite. Yeah. Where yeah. It, it they do this little catch as catch can thing with um, abdominal stretches, reversals, hip hip, and then hip toss through the table. Oh, it's cool. But after that, I believe it's two that's incredibles to get the win. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer has to come out and do the same shit he always does. Only this time, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He he beats up Francine, and then yeah, <laughs> what does war on women mean? ECW, and just and that's how it ends. Just lame, very lame. I give this a five. Five. Yeah, yep. simply because the match is okay, but the story is what's lacking. Martin, what'd you yeah. have for this? Yeah, um, same thing. This. There's nothing to grab onto here. I mean, the match itself is fine, but it's only a fine match coming off of Tajiri Carino, to a lesser extent Sandman Rhino, and especially Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. This, like I said, it's, it just seems like the well of ideas has kind of run dry. Because, um, I mean, I, again... I don't know if it's the network version, but there is a very, very strong We Want Dreamer chant from the fans. I think that's piped in. <laughs> no way that's true. Um, and yeah, I had to watch the finish, because again, on the network, I thought they must have done something, because it feels really flat, and there's no real reaction to it. On the Sean Long version, there is a reaction, but it is nothing compared to some of the other crowd reactions on the show. Yeah. No one cares. I've got, I've got this in my note, just simply no one cares and i think it's mike awesome fucking around with the title has that didn't help (laughs) yeah well it's it's it made more of an impact on him and than perhaps it should have because i mean yeah fair enough oh we get taz and he he has the belt on smackdown but he can't the ecw world champion can't win against crash holly and loses to triple h in six minutes the ECW World Champion should not be losing in six minutes, even to a god-tier guy like Triple H. So, for whatever they, they thought that having their belt on WWF TV would have done, it wasn't reciprocated by whoever was booking. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it must have. this must have been the straw that broke the camel's back, I think. And this is the best that they could come up with, this ridiculous he's got us by the balls thing, which I can only assume it must must have been some kind of like inside reference, perhaps, you know, to the smart fans. But it's true. It nothing about this works on any conceivable level. The only people I think that, you know, thought this was a good idea at the time was perhaps Paul Heyman. Because Dreamer looks looks fucking upset at Paul. You know, when he says, fuck, go fuck yourself, Paul. I don't think that's character work. I think that is a shoot, for want of a better term. So what would you rate it, Martin? What would you rate the actual um, match? The actual match itself is a five. Mm. It's just all the stuff around it is, is weirdly bizarre and more fascinating. Yeah. I was a hair above. I was only... I was at six. Oh, good. I was at, yeah. It was just... Are you... What was that? I knew you would think that that was sarcastic, but no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I th- the match was fine. The moment like I felt like it died was after he kicked out of the first. That's incredible. I was like, oh no, yep. why are we doing that? Like, why are we doing? And then after that, like with the Francine Don Marie obligatory, you know, cat fight, and then 
he hits the that's incredible on her. It was like, oh god, man! Like it just, yeah, it that seemed to be that seemed to be where it died. Um, I again, I gave it. I ended up with a six for it. Um, here, let's get to this. I'm going to dive into this post match post match stuff, and then we're going to talk about the Mike Awesome thing briefly. I just want to read some couple things here. Post match, Lance Storm's last ECW appearance. His contract expired um, after the show, and he had signed with WCW. Part of his agreement with Heyman meant he couldn't tell anyone after, until after the show that this was his last match. Not even Don Marie. It makes sense that ECW. God. It makes sense that ECW removed Dreamer from the match to save him versus Credible for a future pay per view and let the Impact pay, players explode in a one on one match. That kind of makes sense. I'll give I'll give Colin. Yeah. That. Now knowing that it 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 gives them some leeway, but still. <laughs> if if they are if. If the promo stuff had been, I don't know. It's just when you're rushing it for this one-off, like felt like if you'd given this a little bit more time, this could have been a hell of a, sh- uh, 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 a blow-off match. But let's do the Mike Awesome thing. I'm just going to blow through this just so we can get the ins and outs of this thing fully. Um, Colin writes, as you know from season one, Mike Awesome debuted for WCW on the reboot Nitro in the April 4th, 2000 episode when he attacked Kevin Nash. Mike Awesome missed the ECW shows of the weekend of the 7th, 8th, and 9th due to what was believed to be transportation problems. By Saturday morning, word was spreading that Awesome was showing up on Nitro, with rumors flying that he was going to throw the ECW world title belt in a trash can a la Medusa with a WWF women's title several years earlier. Whether or not that would have happened will never be known, because ECW was ECW found out about the plan and went on the defensive. Paul Heyman at the ECW show in Buffalo Saturday night informed his locker room Whoa, hold on. It jumped off. Sorry. Paul Heyman informed his locker room of Awesome's planned jump. He also produced a signed three-year contract that had Awesome with ECW. Awesome was stated uh, has stated in several interviews that he had a three-year contract, including one that PWInsider.com's Buck Woodward had uh, conducted with him. And this led to speculation he was going to claim some type of breach in order to open negotiations with WCW. At the Buffalo show, Heyman made sure the rest of his house was in order with several wrestlers signing new contracts or extensions. Sunday before Nitro was a day of heavy speculation. As rumors flew left and right, an ECW's legal team prepared to take on WCW. All the way up until Monday night, fax machines worked overtime with copies of Awesome's contract being sent to every member of WCW staff, including Brad Siegel. Rumor has it a copy was even faxed to the attention of Ted Turner at CNN Center. Two hours before Nitro went on, Eric Bischoff said in an AOL chat that Mike Awesome had a contract with WCW. Awesome did arrive in Denver for Nitro, but his appearance was scratched fearing the validity of the contract with ECW and the threat of legal action. Still, WCW had not given up on Awesome being on the show and began to negotiate with ECW for Awesome. Amazingly, an agreement was reached that would allow Awesome to appear. A substantial sum of cash would be given to ECW and there were conditions placed on Awesome's appearance. Awesome was not to speak on Nitro. He was not to be referred to, or he was to be referred to as the ECW World Heavyweight Champion. The ECW belt, which Awesome was in possession of, would not be seen. Also, his title defense on Thursday night in Indianapolis would be plugged, and he would appear on that show to lose the title. Well, Awesome did appear, and two conditions were 
violated as he did speak and the Thursday match was not plugged. Scott Scott Hudson began to comment that Awesome had a title defense, but it was not followed up on. This set up some more negotiating and Awesome did not appear on Thunder the next night despite being backstage at the show. A new settlement was reached where Awesome would have to drop the belt on the 413 show in Indianapolis, Indiana. The match would be filmed, then rushed to Nashville so it could be voiced over and edited into uh, ECW's Friday TNN show. Of course, ECW had one more big move to make, and that was to decide who Awesome would drop the title to, which which would be Taz. So WWF guy. Wow, yep. it's uh, it's wild, man. Like, golly. I mean, can you imagine like if you were reading all the magazines back then, like, oh my god, what is, what is happening? What is happening? It's wild, man. But um, that's where we're at. Charlie, can you give us the grades? How yeah, we sure. did? Uh, I rated the show the highest at a six point six. Okay. Martin rated it at a six point four. Okay. And you rated it at a five point eight. Okay. For the overall average, Hardcore Heaven two thousand. Six point three. Okay, cagematch.net five point nine four is where they have it. So I seem to that's we're, about what, as off as we were for living no. dangerous. Yeah. Oh, two more Colin Duff notes. I have these pulled up. I just want to read them out real quick. They're real quick ones. I saved them on the my the Twitter um, here for us real quick. Two things. First, the tag belts are going to stay vacant until August twenty fifth. Wow. Why? The ECW tag team titles that apparently are vacated by the Impact players, not until August 25th. Second, I think Jason is now gone. He was with Credible when he won the world title, but is not. hasn't been with Credible since. Man, they're just dropping like flies. Well, that's yep. what that's what Paul Heyman always claimed was that Eric Bischoff kept cutting him off at the legs yeah. every single time. And then Eric Bischoff would always reply he always viewed ECW as the world's greatest pro wrestling developmental territory. Yeah. Yeah. Which... There's merit to both of those. Yeah. I mean, it's not far off. I mean, some of the best wrestlers of all time were in ECW. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah guys that we can't even cover because they're out of, you know, years before 97. Right. Yeah. It's but, it's weird to, to, to talk. With, I just noticed we started talking about, you know, this. we're getting to the sharp end of the end of ECW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah um, we're, we're getting close. Yeah. It almost, he, like, I... I, I had one thing I, I didn't mention it in the notes, but it was something he had written. He said it almost would have been fitting though if Awesome had done the the ECW title thing on Nitro because it's exactly what Shane Douglas did to the NWA belt, the, yep. East, the Eastern Championship Wrestling belt that began I, I ECW. Think, I think that's why Heyman et al went into panic stations mode. It's amazing I, they were able to work out the deal that they did. Yeah, yeah, because I I I think. For some reason, they didn't want that to happen. So Just whether can't help but think what, so, what could have been. Let's circle Mike back for Austin. a second. What? You guys said he's got us by the balls. He's got us by the balls. That's that is exactly when you guys talk about it's inside. Well, it's, is it an inside thing? It's exactly. It's it all. It's it's completely in reference to this because it's like Mike Austin pretty much had them by the balls. I'm curious yep. like how much money they got for that. It wasn't enough to keep them afloat. You know what I mean? Like because yeah. They were so scared of him doing that with that belt. They were so scared of that. Wow. And when and when you think of it, it's a pro wrestling belt. It's <laughs> I know it's it's a symbol of your company, but you yeah, you, know, you could just drag out one of the older versions, surely. Yeah, I, uh, perception of that would have been devastating. 
I think right. that yeah. would, well, well, there's. I mean, granted. I mean, other examples. There's the Medusa, Ric Flair coming into WWF with a real world championship. Right. There's that, yeah. but but he didn't he didn't disgrace it or anything. Right. I think he was actually asked to do that, and he said no. I think I think that's yeah. What yeah he I wouldn't read. do it because he loved that belt. Right. Well, he yeah. made that. He is that belt. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. That's. I, I can't imagine him doing that, but. Taz taking the ECW title to SmackDown. I remember what a huge deal that was, and we found out the ECW champion's going to fight the WWF champion. Yeah, this is unreal. Yeah, and then and then the match happened, and it sucked. Oh I mean, yeah, Taz. That was the last time I cared about Taz as a wrestler. I was like, no, yeah. they're they're never going to do anything with him now. So. Good show, though, overall. I enjoyed this. This uh, was a good one. Yeah. yeah, best one of them. Hardcore Heaven was a Th- lot of fun. <laughs> Take it on, it on its own as you know, as just a microcosm. This show is, is fun and whatever. It's just that this is one of those pro wrestling shows that you cannot separate from the time frame. Right. Yeah. There's some shows that you can do that with easily. This isn't one of them. And this is the final, well, the last, both of them. This is the last time we're ever going to talk about a Hardcore Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, we're next next show Heat Wave. Heat Wave 2000. So, uh, any plugs either one of you anything? No, I'm good. Martin? No, no. I've still got a book coming, but <laughs> whenever that'll happen. Otherwise, please uh, continue to um, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a mm-hmm. review. That's um... I'll, I'll just expand on this cuz uh, you know, people ask for, you know, reviews and stuff. The the reason is that it's just to get more eyeballs on the show. Yeah. Because the more ratings something has, you know, good, bad, indifferent, whatever, it just means that we show up in search as well. That's it. As so long as they're if, talking it, about you, who cares what it's about? I, I, I know. If, if, you know, if you if you want to help, you know, some podcasts will ask for your money, some will ask for your devotion. Just spread the word. That's that's all. Yeah, man. Tell, I, if, if you like it, tell someone. I'm, there's no way... We're ever going to charge for additional content. That's ridiculous. Mm. There's no way it would ever do that. If you want to listen to it, come listen to it, man. You want to you want to give something back to the podcast? Just drop a well, review, man. That's it. I'm not asking for nothing else. I mean, we do it because we like to do it. We pay to do the show. Easy, double. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where the tourist friends are. Eat So, but um, to interact with us, Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast, Twitter, at New Blood Pod. I myself, I'm at William Rankin 83. I am at CM underscore Stabs. Uh, I'm at Bunny Suicida, okay. and we've also got at the Jason Keys. There we go. That was what I was going to throw in. So we'll see you guys again for Heat Wave 2000.